is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beatty. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. November 2nd, ladies and gentlemen. It's going fast. Thanksgiving around the corner. Halloween is now gone. 631-672-3108. You're listening. To the Sports Lab Mouths, you can call us at any time tonight, and we will talk whatever you want to talk about on this radio show. You can check us out by going to our radio. Uh, radio. Go to our uh, website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. How was your Halloween? Uh, I didn't end up going out anywhere because I wasn't feeling well, but I did end up dressing up. It's my Twitter and Facebook picture. I did kind of makeshift. Hold on one second. You dressed up to not go out? Yeah, I figured I'd roll with the costume trend at least. Mm-hmm. I always like to, I always like to do that, but I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. well, so I didn't end up going out. But it was funny. I did end up, uh, I ended up giving out candy to a lot of the trick or treaters around our block. And actually, one of the kids was funny. He he asked me. First of all, he asked me because I was wearing about half of that costume. Why mm-hmm. why I wasn't trick or treating was the first thing. And then I told him I was twenty seven. And then he, then he asked me, Whoa, "Oh, are, are your kids are not trick or treating?" I'm like, I don't have kids, <laughs> so it was just funny. We're funny. Hold, hold on one second. Yeah. So. You wouldn't trick or treat because you think you're too old. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't ever, but I wouldn't on my own. I'd have to be out with Why? somebody else. No, no, no I wouldn't. I, Just go out there and you know use a bag and or whatever you have a jar or what. There's so many things that people pick up candy with now. I mean, it's not just bags now. They have these different like. Cases I've seen somebody yeah, use one, a lunchbox. One of the kids had like a metal container and <laughs> it was dropping it. It was it was actually like well painted and stuff too. It was it was funny. I actually had the chance to go to Salem, Massachusetts with nice. Brittany. Um, we drove down there on Halloween on Monday. By the way, we it was four and a half hours to get there. We we we've been there before, so yeah. we checked out. All the sightseeing places. We've already been into the Witch Museum. We, we were all over the place. So we, we've already checked out Salem. There's really nothing to see. We wanted to go to the Hocus Pocus house. Oh, um, yeah. But it's an hour away from, uh, away from Salem. So we didn't want to travel any more than we had to. So we didn't get a chance to check out the Hocus Pocus house. But uh, we checked out everything. It was packed. Uh, so many different costumes, a lot of craziness over there. And then driving home, my GPS got us lost. And we were we went all the way from Massachusetts to New England, okay? Uh, we, we, we actually passed uh, – what is New England Stadium? Um, Foxborough. Foxborough. We, I, there was, that, was, that was actually the first time in person I've seen Foxborough. Okay. Okay? And I passed it. It was on the left-hand side. And, and I, was, I was saying, wait a second. I'm in New England. How the hell did I get to New England? We left two hours before, and we were in New England. So it took us six and a half hours to get home. So by the time we got home, uh, it was, 
I don't know, 1130. I, I mean, it was ridiculous. And then I had to go to work the next day. Damn. So it was horrible. All right. Uh, I, but Salem was nice. We enjoyed it. Uh, arguing a lot over there, by the way. It just Because it, I don't know what it was. It, just the fact that we were in a car for such a long time. And the fact that she got to sleep all the way over there. And I, of course, was driving each and every way, like I always do. I just got a little pissed off, but I, we're not here to talk about that. But happy Halloween to all the fans out there that enjoyed their Halloween. If you ever, if you guys ever go back there, Brittany should dress as the the dark haired uh, Sanderson witch and Hocus Pocus. Oh, she would be great. Yeah. I, I know that she'd have to be fat. You know, I know, but she, she can pull it off. She got to get a fat suit underneath it or something like that. Don't do tell it. her that she'll have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> At 7.30, we'll be talking to Nationals radio show play-by-play broadcaster Charlie Slows, our friend. I love Charlie. I had, a, I think, a two-and-a-half-hour conversation about you know baseball. We, we haven't spoke since April because he's been you know busy with the Nationals. It's been a horrible season. He predicted they were going to have 110 losses. They had 107. Yeah. Um, so we will talk a lot of baseball with Charlie. He also knows a lot about basketball, so we might get into a little bit with the Knicks. And uh, he also mentioned some stuff with football, so we'll get into that. Um, at eight thirty, we'll be talking to former Dolphins, Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. So he'll be joining us. Uh, played for two thousand fifteen, two thousand seventeen with the Dolphins, and two thousand eighteen with the New York Football Giants. That means he got to play with none other than Adam Gase. There you go. Uh, Adam Gase? Yep. Adam Gase, 16 and 17. was with Miami. Uh, that's right. But he, he, he didn't play with the Giants with Adam Gase. No. Oh, whatever. He did play with Eli. So there you go. Yes, he did. So we'll talk a little football with Mr. Lippett. Um, we will get into uh, the firing of Steve Nash. I think it was a mutual uh, situation. I was very happy that Steve Nash got into that hope. And, and thought of this organization getting better. But I was so happy uh, that he is now gone. And not for, for his sake, because of everything that's gone on uh, over there as far as the, I don't know, clown organization that they are. Um, and uh, we will get into that in just a few moments. Emi uh, Odoka, the coach of the Celtics, who was suspended for all the mischievous things he did in the offseason is now the New York Brooklyn Nets head coach. I'm sure a lot of Nets fans are going to be excited with this clown outfit. But um, Kyrie Irving is on the hot – well, he's in he's on the hot seat, and, and he's in deep water right now. Again, after promoting anti-Semitic film on Twitter, which I'm not surprised that he is doing something stupid like that. So we'll get into that. Uh, World Series, the Phillies, my team. Well, I'm a Yankee fan, but the team that I picked to be my surprise World Series champion is up 2-1 to one against the Astros. Uh, very exciting. Seven. I, I mean, oh, it was, was it five or seven? It was seven runs. Seven five. runs, six home runs. Six home runs in game number two. I mean, game number three, which uh, was fun to watch, by the way. Uh, Dan Schneider is hiring Bank of America to uh, obviously help him sell this team. <laughs> and there's also no, more news that there's going to be a federal investigation in some of those uh, some of that money he stashed away to Yeah, was like, what was it like a million dollars or something? Yeah, they're investigating that now. That just came out about a half hour ago. <laughs> well, that's probably why he wants to sell the team. Yep. Uh, NFL trade deadline recap this year. 
was the most deals at any deadline, which is surprising. So we will get into that and week eight recap of all the games, which everybody enjoys us going uh, take for take on our thoughts of what happened. And uh, tomorrow, uh, it will not. there will not be Derek. I'm sure he'll have his picks. He'll send it to us, and we'll find out who's in first uh, for this week. But, uh, yeah, let's get into the Nets thing because it seems like it's been – the joke of New York. It really, they've been the joke really for the last four months. It, it's not the Jets. It's not the Giants. It's not even the Yankees or the Mets. It's none of them. It is the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm sure the New York Knicks are very excited and very happy they're not, they're not in the lead thoughts of the tabloids. They always are. And it's not James Dolan that everybody wants to crush. No, 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 no. It is the organization as a whole. It's not just one guy. It is the Brooklyn Nets organization. Ownership, management, and players. So why don't we go into, first, the Steve Nash firing. Steve Nash should have been fired in the offseason. He should have. This has been an absolute failure. They fired Kenny Atkins. Arguably, I believe, one of the best coaches in the NBA. He took that team, a very young and building team, to the playoffs. 40 wins his first season as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Sean Marks takes over, built this team. Everybody loved the moves. He found Spencer Dinwiddie. Allen and and uh, Karis LeVert he drafts. And he was arguably, at that point, the last two seasons uh, when Kenny Atkinson was there, a lot of people thought he was the steal of the draft. They were building around youth and talent and rebuilding what, yes, Billy King absolutely crushed. And Steve Nash, yes, he's a Hall of Fame point guard. He was a fantastic player. The guy never coached in any league, any division, no G League, no college. He takes over an NBA team, and he's collapsed an organization that had Kevin Durant, at one point Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on the same team. Three All-Stars, three of the best players at their position in the top 15 players in all of the NBA and couldn't get over the hump. Going into the offseason with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with the gibberish crap that Kyrie Irving does all over Twitter and social media and YouTube, the garbage that he has to put out there, and I stuck up for him. I don't know why, but I'm going to get into that in just a few moments. Kevin Durant has been an absolute joke since he left the Golden State Warriors. And an embarrassment. And you sit here today and you wonder, what the hell was Kevin Durant thinking leaving the Golden State Warriors when he won a couple of titles? He actually won, not one, not two, but three championships with the Golden State Warriors. 
Was it three? It was two. It was two. It was. I'm sorry. They two. lost the last one That's to right. Toronto. That's right. Steph Curry actually won three, three before this Correct. past year. So, I'm sorry. Two. And he was two-time MVP of those finals. And then he decides to go to the Brooklyn Nets. And he thought, by building this team with Kyrie Irving, he was going to win more championships with the Nets than he ever did with the Golden State Warriors. And they failed. Failed miserably. And Sean Marks, at the end of the season, should absolutely be responsible for what this team has turned out to be. He should be fired, just like Steve Nash was fired. It it was a mutual thing because of the whole Kyrie Irving thing. I'm sure that after this thing came out on Twitter, he wanted nothing to do with this team. It's been nothing but an embarrassment. He was getting his fingers pointed at him in the offseason by Kevin Durant. He, Kevin Durant and his, his team, his agent, and his friends, his pals, sat in with management and told management, Sean Marks, I'm sorry, ownership, Sean Marks and Steve Nash gone or I want to be traded. It never happened. Kyrie Irving right now is sitting on the final year of his contract. And this man has been nothing but an absolute outrageous player ever since he stepped foot in Brooklyn. I don't want to talk about the earth is flat because that happened years and years ago. He's always trying to fix up all the stupid things that he has said on social media. And he has said a lot of stupid things. I stuck up with uh, stuck up for him with the whole COVID nineteen situation. How he decided not to play, and I, I absolutely had believed that he had every right to do what he did. But then, doing what he just did, promoting an anti Semitic film on his Twitter page, so did Kanye, and so did our friend Elijah Moore, is absolutely disgraceful. Everybody, everybody followed the whole Black Lives Matter march. Everybody, including me. I respected every thought and obvious attack through social media by these players, not just NBA players, NFL players, NHL players, basketball players, every single one of them, every single NFL players, every single one of them, even golf players had their own thoughts to this. LeBron James attacked all the attacks against people with Asia and China, whatever. What was going on over there? And then this comes out. LeBron James, the, one of the faces of the NBA. Adam Silver, who is a Jewish man. Who has run this organization since Daniel Stern stepped down. Who, by the way, is a Jewish man. Let's this man absolutely slap Jews in the face where we are in New York. It is the central home of Judaism. Brooklyn is the central home of Judaism. And this man, this disrespectful ass, likes an anti-Semitic, and, and, and you know what's so funny? If, did anybody see this film? I don't even think you want to see this film. 
we have heard this for years by Mel Gibson, so many different actors, even some athletes come out and say that the Holocaust didn't even exist. And for this man, this person, this African-American who stood by Black Lives Matter, Kanye West, who stood by Black Lives Matter, Elijah Moore, that stood by Black Lives Matter, would go on social media and like a film so disgusting and disrespectful to the Jewish community is absolutely despicable, Speedy. Despicable. Not only liking, but promoting it, too. It should never be put in a positive light. There is nothing positive about promoting anything that's anti-Semitic, anything that's discriminatory, anything in reference to the greatest tragedy in our human history in the Holocaust. It's not a hoax. It's a real historic event that millions of Jews suffered through and different generations of Jews now are still suffering through. The fact that you could promote this kind of thing and actually like it and encourage this kind of behavior is the last straw for Kyrie Irving. I, I can't take it anymore with him. It's disgusting on so many levels that he would ever do this kind of thing. Kanye West obviously is disgusting in his own right, too. Don't get me it. started with that, man. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm not even going there. But like that, that's the kind of behavior that should never be even talked about in today's society or any society because it's, it's just absolutely disgraceful. I am done with Kyrie Irving. That is, that's the final straw. Yeah, he said all this stupid crap before that, but discrimination like this is absolutely disturbing and unacceptable, and I will not, I, I will not respect Kyrie Irving anymore after this. Uh, as far as the Ame Udoka, Steve Nash situation, uh, Steve Nash, yeah. We, oh, I haven't even gotten to Udoka. Yeah. Steve Nash uh, getting fired. I'm not surprised, that kind of thing. This thing was all going all over the place from where it was for the last four months. Kevin Durant wanted to be traded if Steve Nash didn't want to be there. Or Sean Marks wasn't there. He wanted to force one of them out. They didn't do it then, and they should have done it earlier because now the Nets are two and five or whatever they are to start. They're in so much trouble right now. It's not even funny. And to bring in a guy, this, this looked at right now, he's been looked at as the joke of the NBA right now, this off season. And now there's stories coming out that he was writing disgusting things to people, uh, you know, women, a part of the Celtic organization. It's just absolutely disrespectful. This, this is why the Celtics didn't even ask for anything for Udoka. They said, God, take him. Yeah. Take him. Right. We don't want him. There's no reason to be able to to have to go over this PR nightmare again. This is New York. It's a brutal media. The press is brutal here. The media is going to criticize this for days. You have an issue. You have all these issues with Kyrie Irving doing this disgraceful crap that he's doing. And then Kevin Durant with all his random things he says and does on Twitter, too. And all the, and Ben Simmons, another oh, clown God. in itself. Who's hurt again? It was hurt again uh you have all that going on and you decide all right you can fire steve nash yeah that's what's due to happen with the way the nets were playing this year but then you were trying to go down another rabbit hole of hiring a guy that was just suspended like you were saying had all these all these off-field off-court issues with these female employees with the celtics a lot of abusive not behavior but a lot of abusive language was said to these guys to these women and it wasn't just one woman it was many women from the celtics organization from what we've been hearing saying over a five yeah and you're going out with all this drama already surrounding you, and you're going to go hire that guy to save your organization. 
The Nets, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team this dysfunctional, both on and off the court, all at once. Like, there's one thing for a team to be bad, where they don't have, to have a, they have this long playoff drought, and they don't make the playoffs forever, and they keep messing up drafts and bad players and stuff like that. There's not an organization that encourages this kind of behavior and then keeps going with it, too, as much as I've seen the Nets do all at once with bringing in all these guys with all the, all Kyrie Irving, their big three, with all the off-the-field issues, and now a coach with a guy that just got suspended for off-court issues? I mean, seriously, like, what is going on with the Nets right now? I mean, they should, at this point, they should just fold as a franchise. It's, it's really bizarre behavior, what's going on with them. Well, also, I think Sean Marks is the guy that's one of the leaders, right? He's the one yep. that's allowing this. Mm-hmm. I understand Odoka was behind uh, working for Kenny Atkinson. He was a part of that uh, coaching staff, and he took the Celtics all the way to the championship last year. How could you take a coach right now, honestly, where the NBA is investigating this whole story, which could get worse? It's getting worse. Take a coach like this and say, you know, we don't care. You were suspended for the year, but we're going to take you on to our organ. We're going to take you on to our organization. You're not going to be suspended for the full year. You're going to come on and be our coach for the rest of the year and take us to the playoffs and make it seem like nothing ever happened. Come on. How could you do that as an organization? How could you do that as an organization in New York and expect the fans and expect the press to allow this to happen? It's an embarrassment. And, you, you know, the New York Knicks have been the embarrassment organization in basketball for the last, I would say, 25 years. They've been the joke and the laughter of the NBA. Oh, it's not going to happen anymore. You cannot tell me this is going to happen anymore. Because what we have seen with this story is an absolute joke catastrophe to the NBA and for the NBA to sit here and not suspend this guy for a significant amount of time, it's disgraceful. Adam Silver should be ashamed of himself. After everything that happened with Black Lives Matter and all the stories that came out and how he supported all of that, you are a Jewish man and you're going to sit here and let this man, this man who's been the joke of the NBA since he stepped on the court from Duke To do this and make a mockery of something that absolutely disposed of people, four million people in the 40s and the 30s. Disgraceful to sit here and make it seem like nothing ever happened, that it was okay for what they did is disgusting. And the NBA is just sitting on it like nothing ever happened. It's taking a while for the, even the NBA PA to address it too. They're addressing it. They addressed it yesterday and today that it's a it's a issue of hate speech, and that's obviously not condoning it. And now all of a sudden, it took a while. Not not when it came out on Saturday that he was tweeting all this random this anti-Semitic film. It's a documentary film, and apparently the film isn't just it wasn't just towards Jews. It was there was hate hate speech towards Hebrews and African Americans and a couple other of the Middle Eastern people uh, cultures over there too. It wasn't even just that. So he's promoting this film, and it takes you that long. A an NBA organization that's supposed to pride itself on diversity. And by the way, why isn't Twitter completely disposing of his Twitter account? Yeah, he should. I don't understand why Twitter hasn't done anything to this man. 
It is disgusting. He is a despicable, despicable little man. That's what he is. Six foot two guard. And I, I, he is a fantastic player on the basketball court. For, but for him to come out and attack with anti-Semitic thoughts of a film is despicable. This man should never step on a basketball court again. And, and an apology doesn't help for what he is. He's absolutely pushed for, for a film that disposing of a Holocaust that killed 4 million people is disgraceful. He is a disgrace. And, and I, I will say one more thing before we get to our guest. I sit here today, and anybody that knows me on this show, I have Jewish blood in me. And as a person that understands what African Americans have gone through over the last 500 years, okay, the same thing can go for Jews. The Jews were slaves before anybody in Egypt. As everybody knows the story about Moses and how he freed slavery, okay? The Jews have always been disrespected. Not just here in America, but throughout the world. And to sit here today and what everything that's gone on over the last four years with the hate crimes for African Americans and now people doing films and documentaries of disgusting stuff about what happened in the Holocaust and not agreeing or even believing that it ever happened is disgraceful. And for Kyrie Irving or any athlete that will follow this moron around thinking that he is some kind of special, you know, special, he's more special ed than anything, okay? The guy is a, a terrible, terrible person. And he should not play in the NBA. The NBA should fine him. They should suspend him for the rest of the season and not let him make any more money on a basketball court, which, by the way, is run by Jews. When we come back, we'll be talking to Nationals Radio play-by-play broadcaster Charlie Slows here on the Sports Lab Mounts. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS. WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I want to apologize to all the fans for that long rant, but I'm disgusted on on what the NBA has to show for an organization, a multi-billion dollar organization that should be standing up not only for the 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 thought of uh, anti-Semitic attacks from their players, but the thoughts of where this league has come from over the years, which is, like I've said, have been run by, now you had David Stern, a Jew, and now you have Adam Silver, who is Jewish. And these guys, I'm sorry, may you rest in peace, David uh, David Stern, um, uh, passed away a couple of years ago, and now Adam Silver, who I used to love and respected the commissioner of basketball. Over the last couple of years, I think he's let the players run the organization and really 
pushed the organization to the side. Something that we expected this organization to take that next level. It hasn't taken it to the next level and has been an absolute disgrace. But that all in said on, on that conversation, we have our first guest of the show. Uh, we are now talking to our friend, Nationals radio play-by-play broadcaster, Charlie Slows. Charlie, what's up, man? Um, just hanging around and into my off season here. Still baseball to play. Get ready in about a half an hour to watch uh, the next game of the World Series, which has been pretty interesting to this point. You are the older version of your son. It's it's crazy <laughs> how much your son looks like you. It, it's crazy. And, and if anybody doesn't know, Alex is Alex Slows. He's a uh, he does a radio show on our network. Uh, it, it's a it's a wrestling show. Uh, he's taken a leave of absence because he's working over there at the news station in Tampa. He's doing a great job over there, and Charlie has been pushing his son uh, through and and really giving him the the tips that he needs to be successful as a broadcaster. And he wants to do wrestling. Hopefully, soon enough, he'll be doing other sports where he has the opportunity to succeed, uh, like his father has over the last thirty years. But uh, so, Charlie, before we get into baseball, how are you feeling? I know you were a little sick. Uh, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing much better. Uh, the offseason came, traveled home. As soon as I got home, came down with uh, a head cold, if you're allowed to have one of those these days. Just, <laughs> just a normal coughing, sneezing mm-hmm. head cold. I know all about it. Let me tell you. <laughs> this is like – I don't understand the weather over here. It It's like 70 degrees today. It's November 2nd today, right? Don't it's November 2nd. Mm-hmm. It's November 2nd. It's fall, and it's it's summer weather. I don't understand it. I, I, I complain about it because we all know what's going on with our climate and, and, and everything that's going around worldwide. This is not good. I know a lot of people say, oh, this is great weather. It's not good weather because it doesn't help us for our future and for our kids' future for what's going on through worldwide. But um, all in all, I, I can't wait until it gets freezing out over here in cold where I can actually enjoy the breathing method of uh, you know what I love about the winter. But anyways, uh, let's get into some baseball. Obviously, uh, there's the World Series going on, Philadelphia. And the Houston Astros, a team, two teams. I know you're not a big fan of the Philadelphia Phillies uh, because you're a Nationals guy. But uh, you have a player over there, Bryce Harper, who you know very, very well, who uh, lost the opportunity to win a World Series with your Nationals uh, when uh, he was over there. And then they win after he decides to sign with Philadelphia. And then there's the Houston Astros, a cheating organization. I've attacked them. I think they have a great pitching staff. They have a great bullpen. Their lineup has not shown up so far in this series, and I think that right now is the answer to where, where this series is going. So what have, what have you seen so far in the last and the first three games? Obviously, we have game four tonight. What have you seen that really shows you why Philadelphia has taken over this series? Well, in game one, with Verlander pitching, I mean, and they're up 5 nothing. you're probably thinking, well, look forward to game two because this game's over. Mm. And Verlander, who is amazingly with the opportunities that has never won a World Series game and couldn't hold a 5 nothing lead. And the minute that the Phillies tied that game, five runs in one inning, I mean, they have scored runs in bunches and have had big innings in, in all of the series up to this point and just hit the tar out of the ball, especially when at home in, at Citizens Bank Park. But when they tied game one at 5-5, Rob Thompson – seized the moment, and from that second managed game one like it was game seven. 
he used his A bullpen and matchups in the sixth inning of that game. And he didn't, I mean, in the fifth inning of that game, bottom of the fifth inning after they had tied it, from that moment on, he managed that game like it was do or die. The season was over if they didn't win that game. And obviously you have Castellanos make that great catch. Game one would have been over if he doesn't make that sliding catch at right field on, on a bloop to shallow right with the winning run on base. He makes that play, and then they get the run in the 10th inning and win the game. That was huge. That was huge. And if you look at last night's game, on the other side of it, again, McCullers did not have good stuff. You could tell right away in the first inning, he throws a high percentage of breaking pitches, especially to left-handed hitters, doesn't throw any fastballs. Fastballs all go to the right-handed hitters. And, you know, they saw him late in the year when the Phillies had a finished season with that almost two weeks on the road, as that it seemed, with that road trip. And that's how they got into the postseason. They saw McCullers there. And McCullers, is, you know, just pitched part of the year because he'd been injured for over a year coming back from arm surgery. So, you know, who knows if he is 100% of where he would be if he pitched the whole season. But in the end, he didn't have good stuff. He gives up those runs in the first inning. Then it's two more home runs, and it's 4 nothing after three. And I'm thinking, well, he's not coming back for the fourth inning. And Dusty left him in. He gives up two more home runs. Nobody's ever given up five home runs, one pitcher, in a World Series game until last night. Now it's 7 nothing. If it's 4 nothing and you get him out and you scratch a run here and run there, it's 4-2. Rob Thompson has to bring in his A bullpen to win that game. Once it's 7 nothing after five innings, he's using mop-up guys. Mm. He doesn't have to touch that A bullpen, which hasn't pitched since game one because you have the extra day off with a rainout. So going into tonight, his pitching staff couldn't be in better possible shape with Nola starting. I remember the last time you were on the show, you were not a, a big component of the DH coming to the National League, but definitely the Phillies, one of those teams that are striving off of that. So do you think they'd be there without that rule in place? And also, what do you think of the overall impact throughout baseball? You know, I thought I would hate it more than than maybe. I, and, it, you know, it really, I didn't think about it much this year because, you know, we played with it in 2020 in the shortened season. And it was so inevitable. Um, I really didn't miss pitchers batting because most of them are terrible. And, um, you know, in the end, it was probably better for the game to play with one rule. But one of the guys who was so vehemently opposed to the DH coming to the National League was Bryce Harper. He was very vocal about it. And we had conversations about how he didn't really want to, when he's a free agent, I want to stay in the National League. I love National League baseball. I love the strategy. You know, when you're playing, you're always kind of managing along with the manager. He's going to, is he going to take the pitcher out? Is he going to pinch hit? Or is he going to make a double switch here? And, he goes, and when he couldn't throw because he has a partially torn UCL in his elbow and may need Tommy John surgery when this is all over, he wouldn't have played this year because he couldn't play the field. And he comes back from the broken thumb for two months. And I'm talk, this was, I talked to him before he broke his thumb. Mm-hmm. And I said, how's your elbow? He goes, it's not good. I don't, you know, I, I think I'm going to have to DH. He goes, now, isn't that ironic? I was so <laughs> vehemently opposed to the DH. He goes, I wouldn't be playing this year. He wouldn't be playing right now. In the, in, if we have the old rules and he's on the roster, he's a pinch hitter in the National League parks, and he's the DH in the games only in the American League parks. What would you have done with him in the first two rounds of the playoffs mm. or first three rounds? 
We are talking to Nationals radio play-by-play broadcaster Charlie Slows. It's so interesting when you watch the Astros pitch against the Yankees. They completely dominated, what was it, 62 strikeouts, completely took out their big bats. And the Yankees, as everybody knows, Charlie, we were talking about it today, they're all or nothing when it comes to hitting. Except DJ LeMayu and Benatendi, who were not in that lineup. And Bader, who they brought up, uh, obviously, after the trade, he was hurt. A lot of people took shots at... Um, I, I would say about the to the Yankees organization and and obviously uh, Cashman on why they made that trade because Montgomery was having such a great season with the Cardinals, but he never pitched in the playoffs. And Bader comes in, starts he hits five home runs and completely dominates uh, throughout and get, helps the Yankees get all the way to the ALCS and then walk into a wall of the Astros. When you look at this pitching staff, okay, and they have a very good pitching staff. Even without Justin Verlander in the offseason, how good could this pitching staff be next year? Uh, they're very good. I mean, what helped them was the COVID year in 2020 because Framber Valdez, Valdez, a lot of these other young pitchers on that staff, because they had COVID outbreaks like everybody else, these were guys who came up and got a chance to pitch, and they pitched in the postseason that year for the Astros. So they, they had a chance to get established there, and it's really helped them. They have a very good bullpen. Uh, and when, when you look top to bottom, they have the best pitching of any team that's been in the postseason at this point. And you and I talked about this today. You could look at 106 wins for the Astros, best team in the American League. You can look at 111 wins for the Dodgers, mm-hmm. the, the Yankees, starting out, what was it, 52-18, and 18, but then ridiculous. they were, if you count the postseason, they were under 500 from mm-hmm. that moment on to the end of the year. And so in baseball, you always say after 162 games, your record says you are what you are. You are the best team if you have that best record. But when you go into the postseason, how are you playing at the time that the season ends? How is your health as the season's coming to an end? The Yankees weren't 100% healthy. They didn't have the relievers that they were supposed to have. Even – even guys they traded for weren't healthy to be in that bullpen in the postseason. And the, how good their best relievers were in the beginning of the year, they were all hurt at the end of the year. So that was a that was a big factor for them. Chapman, not the pitcher he was anymore, and not even on the roster for the postseason. So they really weren't the same team in the second half of the year that they were in the first half. And you'd say that about the Dodgers to win a, a franchise record 111 games, the most since – Seattle won 116 games in 2001. But look at the injuries they had to their pitching staff. Guys, they didn't have or weren't able to start. Uh, You didn't have a true closer anymore. That didn't work out for them. They had a lot of injuries, both starting pitching-wise. Losing Walker Buehler for the year was huge. And so they were trying to piece it together. But even with guys that were healthy, they're five and dive, never letting their pitchers pitch past two times through the order two and a half times through the order and go to the bullpen when you didn't have a deep bullpen to be able to do that backfired on them really did. San Diego ended up with better pitching and won that series. And I'll tell you what, San Diego was right there with the Phillies Mm -hmm. and you got Bob Melvin, great manager with all he did in all those years with Oakland with seemingly not a lot to work with every year. How many years was he in the postseason? A lot. Yeah. But, But then to get into the bottom of the eighth inning in a do-or-die game, and you got Harper up, and I know you got a right-hander who's given up one home run to a left-handed hitter all year, but you got Josh Hader who was back to form in that bullpen, and you left him in the bullpen. 
and Harper hits a two-run homer off the left-hander, and everything changes, and it's over right there. So, you know, you, you look at that. You look at the Mets. Mm. That's for look how long they were in first place. Speedy was mm. trying to hide that. He was waiting for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was painful. Well, you know, Errol and I had like almost almost a two hour conversation today about this, Speedy. Mm-hmm. When 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 you look at the Mets where they were, and all they had to do was win one game in that three game series with Atlanta, and amazingly, you know, Degrom the week before against Oakland. He gets beat up by the A's. Now, I heard that they didn't like the way the mound was in Oakland, and that was kind of an excuse. He had a blister, didn't pitch well, came out of that game early, didn't pitch well in the series in Atlanta. Scherzer got bombed in the series, and I don't think Scherzer was ever the same after he went out the second time Mm -hmm. with the oblique, not really calling it an oblique strain, whatever he called it, a a fatigue (laughs) on the left side. If he's not pitching – He's not 100%, and then he's trying to come back from that. But the thing, when you got into the into the wild card series, and I know how Earl feels about this. I want to hear how you feel about this, Speedy. To say you're going to start Scherzer, and if you win, you're going to start Bassett in the game two and only pitch to Grom if it's a do-or-die do game, game three. I'm sorry. you got to win that series in two games. The last thing you want is to have a game three. So they lose game one, which blew his strategy, and DeGrom had a pitch in game two, and they win. So they didn't have DeGrom for the do-or-die game. He had a pitch Bassett who wasn't very good either, and they didn't win. But Buck lost me when he didn't say, we're not worried about our rotation for the division series. We got to win the wild card series, and we don't want to play three games. We want to win it in two games. And he kind of left that... I, I just didn't get that strategy. And then, you know, the, the last thing, you know, when he lost me, you wait till the sixth inning or whatever it was, and you're down six nothing. Let's go see if Musgrove is doing something with the baseball there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a little late for that. Uh, all the conspiracy <laughs> theories of what was happening. Oh, the, uh, Joe Musgrove comes from the Astros. He must be cheating, something like that. All the conspiracy <laughs> theories. But my biggest issue with, it, with that, to answer your question, was if they knew Max Scherzer was dealing with those types of injuries, why is he pitching in game one was my biggest issue. Jacob DeGrom should have been pitching game one. That's what I was thinking too what's if that unless, was really the case unless you tell me he needs more time because of the blister uh, he's got a pitch jake's the best pitcher on that team and nobody's going to argue that as much as what max scherzer has done year in and year out and how dominant he's been throughout his career the best pitcher in baseball when healthy everybody knows it's jacob Degrom. everybody knows right. nobody's going to argue that right and there'll be nights and games where max is as good or better than Degrom. of course throw. of course but but you got to make a decision. Yeah. And, you know, if you had – and that's the thing about DeGrom. Big decision now. What are you going to do with him? I'm paying him. I'm paying him. You can't find a picture oh. that good. Right. But how much are you going to commit to him for how long? I would do what you did with Scherzer. I would commit four years instead of three because you committed two years with a, a third-year option. I would give DeGrom four years with a fifth-year option and, and give him about – you know, 40, 42, 43 million. He's worth that. Now, but I don't trust him to stay healthy. No, and, and, and you obviously, you're the same thing with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has been healthy for two seasons. 
really before that, the guy couldn't stay healthy. The guy was fighting injury after injury. Now, all of a sudden, he almost wins the Triple Crown. He has the home run record in the American League. He does all those great things. And everybody said, oh, this guy's going to make 320. This guy's going to make $350 million. And teams like San Francisco is going to give him seven, eight years. I think that's ridiculous. Because of the injury background, he's playing 162 games. DeGrom's only p- pitching, what, 30 games, 29 games if he's healthy? So yeah. I just – I, I don't know. To me, his health is a major if. I don't think you can – you know, and they tried this late in the year with him, trying to get him to back down and not pit, throw every fastball at 100 to 103 miles an hour and see if you can be successful throwing in the mid to upper 90s because – He's, he keeps throwing like that, he's going to break down. It's just not humanly possible to keep throwing where your slider's 94 and your fastball's 102. It's unbelievable how good of it is. It is unbelievable. Yeah. But how many times does can he, how many, t- and this is day and age where not many can, but when does he ever go past six innings? Mm-hmm. And, you know? I'm, yeah, and that's the other problem I, I've I had. Just, with the Mets in terms of their structure, like they're a talented team, no question about it. But in order for them to take that next step in a modern era of baseball, they have to get more in terms of the other modern concepts that I don't think they've really adjusted to. They've mismanaged pitchers all the time that are very talented pitchers, and it's really hindered their kind of thing. And that's why I don't think they're considered like that well-oiled machine. Like the Braves are a well-oiled machine. Houston, the Dodgers, the Rays, the low-market version of the well-oiled machine. Even the Nationals at one point with yeah. all the players that they had, they had Strasburg and they had – Matt, you know, obviously Max Scherzer, Scherzer yeah. and and even the lineups that they had, they like Bryce Harper and 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 a tray and all the different players Rendon, that they've had yeah. and Rendon. I know, you, don't remind me, I watched them play for every team in the postseason. <laughs> no, so they've had <laughs> they've had all these great players and and when they had them on the team, they 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 built an a good well oiled machine. And now you look at the Mets, you look at their lineup. Okay, they've added. Uh, Francisco Lindor. They've added, obviously, uh, Pete Alonso, who's been a part of the organization, but he's, he's starting to build into the superstar that they thought he was. They brought in, um, uh, what's his name? Again? Yeah, Escobar. Yeah. Escobar that finally started playing well in the second half. And then and, and these different play Bassett, who's going to be gone this year? He, he is a free agent. Do they stick with him? Do they bring him back? Or do they go after Rendon? Or, 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 what, what, the, Rodon. Ro, yeah. Rodon, I'm sorry. Yeah. Rodon over there, um, who, who's a good left-handed pitcher, that which they need left-handed pitching. Right. So what do they do? Do they pay Rendon? Do they go after him and, and start to decide what they're doing with a, a guy like uh, Jacob deGrom? Here's the problem. I think I think it all starts with DeGrom. Mm, I think so, make, too. You, you can't make any other decisions. Because if you don't sign DeGrom, maybe you go get both Rodon and, and re-sign Bassett. Mm. You're going to need both of them. Mm. You know, Carrasco, everybody else, you count on them. They, they've had their – the other – the back of the rotations had their injury issues also. Right. Well, Carrasco's going to be there because he has an option in his contract. Hasn't Rodon been hel- uh, not healthy uh, for Earlier in his years? career, oh. he was. This oh, Rodon, the last two years, has been one of the best pitchers in yeah, the game. Yeah, last two years. Early in his career, yes, he had a lot of injury issues. But now he's yeah. been pretty stable and healthy. Has he been healthy this year? How, how much yeah. was he healthy? Yeah. No, no. He was, he's been healthy the last two years. I really? think he only missed no, like a I, starter, I, too. I, yeah. I think what's going to be, you know, for a lot of teams the last two years – even go back to 2020 with a shortened season, everybody's been trying to hold their pitchers back because they couldn't get the innings. And then the innings jumped to 21. And then with the lockout, you had the short spring training. 
So everybody was trying to be extra careful with everybody. And I think next year you, you get the World Baseball Classic will factor in some, but that mm. means earlier start to the spring for, for a lot of guys who are going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic. But you're going to get the full spring training next year and the benefit of guys who've pitched enough innings this year that the bump will be not as severe next year. Maybe we'll start to see if they let them pitch deeper into games, <laughs> pitchers get to 30 starts and over 200. Nobody's getting to 200 innings. Mm. Back when I was young, right. the guys like Seaver and Gibson were throwing 300 innings or more. Mm. Nolan Ryan on a regular basis. You know, now the game is too dependent on relief pitchers. It, it really is. And, you know, I, I think when, when you look at this World Series, to think that, you know, tonight the Phillies have Nola, tomorrow is Syndergaard, and that's considered a bullpen game because he's not stretched out. Who would ever think in our lifetime that somebody <laughs> would say we're going to have a bullpen game in the World Series? <laughs> I really hope that Syndergaard gets shelled. I'll just laugh. <laughs> Uh, you you just want to see all the Mets go down. I I don't I, care about Wheeler. Wheeler, I'm fine with. I have no ill will to him. Syndergaard, all the crap he said after he left the Mets, I can't respect him. Could you I imagine? Don't really, I don't really understand what that was all about. What he was upset about. Yeah, happened about. <laughs> you know, hey, Bryce Harper. We talked about this today too. Yep. Signs with the Phillies, mm -hmm. and Nationals fans just booed the heck out of him, and were not very nice to him. They treated him the way Phillies fans would treat somebody who left Philadelphia and signed with another team. And I thought our fans were better than that. And I really don't get it because you know, when all is said and done, the offer wasn't what Bryce thought it would be. And he talked to a number of teams that, that off season, San Diego, the Dodgers, San Francisco, the Phillies were the only ones who made him the offer that he wanted. He was and talking to the Yankees the too. To, he was talking to the Yankees too. Yeah. To, to the beginning of spring training. Mm. So I have no ill will. I'm, I, you know, good for him. I mean, he played, for the Nationals, big leagues 2012 through 2018, he played on some teams that had gut-wrenching first-round losses in 12, 14, 16, and 17. So he certainly paid his dues. And this, you know, maybe this is his time, his moment. I mean, he's certainly playing like it is. Mm. I mean, my goodness. And, you know, and then Kyle Schwarber was, you know, remember when he came back Cubs, from the yeah. torn-up knee? and wasn't supposed to play anymore and came back and played and was a factor in the World Series in mm -hmm. 16. Yep. I'm telling you, this guy's a great teammate, great guy, and doesn't command the spotlight. You can see how humble he is when he hits a home run. He doesn't put on a big show running around the bases. And my God, he could because he, has, he hits some of the most impressive home runs you will ever see with one of the most shortest compact swings. And he does not launch. He does not look to swing under the ball and lift it. He hits down on the ball and gets the bat out in front to make contact. And when you're doing that, you're going to elevate the ball when you get the bat out front. <laughs> and I tell you what, I mean, I watched him last year, the Nationals in June, when he hit 16 home runs in like two and a half weeks. Yeah, a lot of I've those against the Nets. Uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. And really thought, you know, at that point, we got to July 2nd, the Nationals were two games behind the Mets had turned their season around. There were two games over 500. Trey Turner gets hurt. Kyle Schwarber gets a, like a grade three hamstring strain. He's going to be out two months. The next day, we have a catcher playing second base. Don't have a good month of July, and then they trade everybody. And and uh, and then I told you guys in spring training, I think our team's going to lose 110 games. You did. Mm -hmm. We lost 107. <laughs> I missed 
I was short by three. You yeah, should have made a they, bet on they, that. They, they, should, they should have lost 110 games. Only the Mets could beat the Nationals in September when they should have. Yeah, that, that was two out of three in, in uh, September didn't help. Yeah, not right. either get, not either getting swept by the Cubs either. By the way, we are talking to Nationals radio play-by-play broadcaster Charlie Slow, is a friend of the show. Good guy. His uh, son, uh, good, obviously a part of the network, uh, good hard worker. And as everybody knows, uh, the season is over for the Nationals. And, and two ex-Nationals have a chance right now to win a it's World over, Series. It's over, but, you know. <laughs> there it is. You never yeah. forget. Yeah. never forget. Look at that ring. I need a piece of that ring. <laughs> Don't ever sell that, okay? Because uh, oh, who? Oh, it's got my name on the side. <laughs> nice, beautiful, very nice. That is very nice. That is very nice. Ooh. I like it. That it's a awesome. big ring. I, I could never go out in public with a ring like that. Who? What was the? Who was the giant? The New York Hakeem giant? Nix. Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix. This this hand I keep score with. It's really hard to do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it weighs you down. Your hand kind of goes this kind of tilt. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Don't be Hakeem Nix and sell your ring. <laughs> What did he make no, on that? What was it? Three hundred thousand? I forget the money amount. I was, it was, Why would you sell your ring? I, I, mean, I was amazed. Was he well, that desperate? I was for amazed money? it wasn't more, though. I, I'm surprised. He must have been that desperate for money to. to yeah, I don't get that. To he had ring. two contracts with the Giants, and then he then he went to the Colts too, got some more money, and I would imagine he even got more with everything else. Well, Why would you sell the ring? Yeah, casinos can make that happen. Yeah, it's not I like Julio right. Jones losing his jewelry in the water. Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker, if you know about the story, he made like $80 million as an NBA player. All went away uh, because he was a gambler. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tried to come back in the G League. Remember that? Uh, it just never worked out. I mean, it, there's so many people. Uh, who's the kid? Who's the guy that I just uh, I met at Starbucks? He was working at Starbucks. Uh, who did I tell you? Uh, oh, I forget. Yeah, the NBA. Milwaukee this... Bucks. He was an all-star. Yeah, five-time I, I remember all-star. that story. I don't remember the name. Hey, I remember when I was, was young and the, the the 1970s. I mean, we used to hear the stories. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rivers used to have to go in and try and get George to give him an advance on his salary because uh, Vin Baker. That's who it was. Yeah, Vin yeah. Baker. Mick the Quick wasn't doing well at the ninth and tenth race at Yonkers Raceway after mm-hmm. Yankees games. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny? I went to the. By the way, we are talking to Nationals play-by-play broadcaster Charlie Slows. I went to the Islanders and Ranger game, and right by the UBS arena uh, is the raceway. So me and the the Beef, I went with uh, Mike from Bayshore, we call him the Beef. We were walking around all the way because we had to park in the parking lot right on the other side of the UBS arena. So the raceway, and and I'm I'm, I'm looking over, and I see the field, and I'm like, how the hell? My hip is hurting me walking to the UBS arena. I'm like, how the hell does these horses get around here? This is like two and a half miles. I'm already tired. I told the beavis, like, why don't we climb over and try to run on the raceway? Let's see how fast <laughs> we can go. I said, we look like a bunch of jackasses, and then we'll get arrested. But... Hey, hey, remember in high school, the track around the football field was a quarter mile. Four <laughs> times around was a mile. Yeah, so you're right. talking, how big is no that way. oval? No way. Oh, I, I remember that. I, I, first of all, I'm not when, when I was in high school i ran a mile i think I, I think at that time it was fast i ran it like eight minutes or like seven wow. seven fifty five now there are people there are kids running a mile in six minutes six minutes and fifty five it's it's like it's ridiculous what kids are running a mile now it, it uh, i could never do that and and that shows you the different technique 
and and how they they build their bodies now with all the different uh, ways that you can you can build your your strength and your conditioning now than we couldn't do you know twenty years ago. So well, it's crazy. Back then, you trained for your sport by playing your sport. That's true. You didn't mm-hmm. use all other methods of training. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. You know, you know when you think about you know cyclists, mm-hmm. yeah, they run, they swim. They do all these other things. Yeah, triathlon. Yeah. They stick themselves with needles. <laughs> oh, that's Armstrong. Well, you I'm can't just, say that's not I'm, true, right? <laughs> that's true. I'm just trying to mess around. But, it, I, I, again, I've always said this, and I'll say it again. And I, I've argued this with professional sports. I think that baseball, football, hockey, basketball – if they want to use steroids to stay healthy so they can play 160, let them do that. The only sports that I think they want to ruin their bodies, they want to hurt their bodies, that's their decision. The, the, the only two sports that you should not be using steroids, I believe, is combat sports. Boxing, mixed martial arts, you can kill somebody doing that. I, I mean, these football players are 350 pounds. Uh, they're, they're running, you know, they're running 40 yard. 40 yards in 4.8 seconds or something like that. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. how fast they run. I, I mean, does it really matter if they took steroids or not? It really doesn't. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Ask uh, uh, Hopkins, who got suspended for, four, what, six games. Six games yeah. So, yeah, but it, I, I can't agree when, you, you know, mm. if you're talking about strength and staying healthy in football, all, all the other damage that it can do to your body, your brain, with all the head injuries and everything combined, I it's doing I it in the winnies. It's doing already. Right. right. I can't. I can't say that steroids wouldn't contribute more to it. But in baseball, I mean, you can't say that Barry Bonds. Look what he looked like early in his career, yeah. and look what he looked like later. It can't say Sammy Sosa. The same thing was not a big guy. Mm. Wire was a big guy, but he got really, really big. Yeah, his forearm was dead, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, so you can't say that it didn't have the same effect. No, it did, it, it did, but, but does that, those guys had an edge in stamina. I mean, Bonds was ridiculous. I, I mean, Charlie, Ephenemies have been around for 30, 40 right. years, well, and these guys right, are in, they're, they're in was, the Hall of Fame. They're in the Hall of Fame. So if they're doing steroids, amphetamines, amphetamines can actually make you see the ball better. It, it makes you it, – it's different. It's like, it's like cocaine, all right? Uh, you had, you've, heard, um, you've heard all different ex-football players. Uh, we, we all know a guy that played for the Giants, a linebacker, arguably one of the greatest linebackers ever played the game, who used to sniff an eight ball every single half. I mean, seriously, and go out there and try to kill people. Okay, so I, I to me, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So if if you know these guys are doing that kind of stuff, I, I if if Selig, Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame, this man is in the Hall of Fame. The, George Steinbrenner, who really helped baseball, saved baseball for what he did in the nineties, he's not in the Hall of Fame. And you have this idiot, Bud Selig, who allowed steroids the way he did, pushed it to the side because he needed to save it because of the strike in 94-95 that absolutely ruined baseball and tried to figure a way how to save baseball. Hey, you know what? Stick yourself in the ass and help me uh, help me break the home run records and we'll take baseball well, to the next level. If Canseco didn't come out and say what he said, maybe nothing changes. You're absolutely right. 
And then if you don't have a former Houston Astro pitching for the Oakland A's come out and say what he said, maybe the Astros cheating doesn't get exposed either. Mm, And I'll tell you what, they weren't the only ones doing it. Mm. You know, when Carlos Beltran was the ringleader of the whole thing in Houston, but Carlos Beltran was with the Yankees before that. Yes. And the Yankees and Red Sox were getting slapped on the wrist by the commissioner to knock off what they were doing long before the Astros got nailed. <laughs> they were saying Brian McCann had a lot to do with it, too, from what I was hearing. They all knew what was going on. But it's just like, you know, one of the old Lou Pinella stories from when he was with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in a meeting, Gene Michaels, the GM, and, you know, all of the people that were with the Yankees front office. And they're talking about guys cheating and Steinbrenners in the meeting. So, well, why don't we do anything about it? If this guy's used putting something on the ball and cheating or whatever he's doing, why aren't we calling him out on this? Why aren't we doing that? Because Lupinella and Lupinella says, we can't, George. He goes, why not? He goes, there's three of our guys are doing it. <laughs> I, I, I miss George Steinbrenner because he really changed the game of baseball and it made you hate somebody as much as everybody hated him. And they called the Yankees. The only, right. Because the only thing he cared about was winning. Of course. And winning, you become evil. If you're a winner, look at the Golden State Warriors. And I can't stand Steph Curry. Everybody knows that. Oh, yeah. But they're a winning organization. So most people, you either love them or you absolutely hate them. You can't stand them, but you'd love to sit in the, you'd love to sit in the gym and watch them shoot, wouldn't you? I don't know. I, 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 asked, I, I asked Errol if, if Steph Curry ended up joining the Knicks at the end of his career, would he be able to tolerate it? <laughs> no, he's in the NBA for 11 years yeah. before I switch to baseball mm. full time. Mm. He's the best shooter I've ever seen. I'm sure. Unbelievable. I'm sure. Unbelievable. Fantastic. And and I I understand that. But the the best pressure shooter I've ever seen, Reggie Miller. Okay? So, I I as good a shooter is um Steph Curry has been in the playoffs, he is not as dominant. And and that's what you want. Well, but he's he's had a team around him where he didn't he could still win. Yeah. Well, and and when he didn't have a team around him, he didn't win. So. <laughs> well, that's that's the same with anybody. Well, that's not true. LeBron James did. He he won with a, a very crappy team. You know. So, I mean, he but took a crappy team to the finals happen. at least. That no. doesn't happen very often. No, I mean, because he's a special player. And I. Right. No, even even Jordan is he winning without you know no. Pippen. Is he winning without some of the other role players no. that, that they designed? Well, he took he, he didn't he take didn't he take the Bulls to the East Eastern Conference Finals without Pippen or something like that? Uh, I, I, I forget. I don't, I don't I'm not remember. Sure. I think it was the second round. I'm not a hundred percent sure. In 1990 or Jordan, 89, one of those years. Yeah, Jordan. It's so interesting because uh, before we let you go, and by the way, we are talking the Nationals radio play by play broadcaster Charlie Slows. It's so interesting because. We talk about Michael Jordan, and I, I had the opportunity to watch ESPN's documentary on Derek Jeter, okay? and I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, it, you'll like it. It's really, really good. It's very well put together, uh, the story from, from the beginning to the end of Derek Jeter's career, even as he becomes an owner from Miami and actually steps down because of what Miami was doing. He pretty much stepped away from Miami. Everybody wants to know why he decided to step down. It was because of the organization and, and, and he, him being the C, CEO of the organization. They were trying to do 
different things, and he didn't agree with what he signed up for. And he decided to step down because of it, and it really pissed off the Jeter family and him because he moved to Miami, and he said uh, he still to this day, it's, it hurts him because he believes that he was on course to getting this team uh, into a competitive, uh, possibly um, you know championship competitive team that he thought he was building. But uh, it, it's very well put together, and the stories and, and different people they had. Uh, they had Don Mattingly. They had all from each different you know episode from each time. Like every three years, he had um, they, they had all different guys. It, it was crazy. And and by the way, uh, I didn't know that Gerald Williams passed away. And and at the oh yeah, that was over the summer. Yeah, and I I, I was I was sad because I. I thought I liked Gerald Williams as a New York Yankee. He wasn't one of those superstar players, but he he was always used as a utility player for the Yankees. And do you, I, do you know though? Mm-hmm. While he and he and Jeter became best friends, yeah, best friends. Mm-hmm. Joe Torre, from what I was told, thought that he wasn't going to be the best influence on Jeter, and that's why they traded him away. Mm-hmm. Got him back later on. Yes, they traded him away because they didn't want Jeter around him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I didn't I'm sure hear that. that wasn't in the document. No, it wasn't. But Derek Jeter, there was a lot of funny things. A lot of uh, writers that were writing about him, and then he would hear he would hear what they say on the documentary, and he would attack them on the documentary. Like, what the hell did he know? You know, it, it was great. It, there was, and I'm not a Derek Jeter fan as a Yankee fan, but I respect really? him. I really wasn't. No, I, I really wasn't a big Derek Jeter fan. Growing oh, up, a clutch player though. Oh, he was the, one of the greatest clutch players to ever play the game. I mean, even his final game at home, the Baltimore Orioles, yeah. Buck Showalter, they came back. They hit two home runs in the ninth inning. It goes to extra extra innings, and who's batting third after a hit? I forget who hit the ball. He hits it. The guy steals second base. He hits the ball, and they win the game. And then when he wanted to hit his three thousand hit in Yankee Stadium, he hits five. He was oh, five for five, and he hits a home run on his three thousand hit. It's 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 storybook, and he always wanted to be a Yankee, and never. And he even said it, even when he was fighting with Brian Cashman on on his contract, he always knew that he was going to stay with the Yankees. He had no thoughts, and 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 even at the end, when when at, when he was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, he said he pulled Brian Cashman to the side, and whatever problems that we had at the end of my career, or all the discussions that we've had that we disagreed. I, I I wash it, you know. We, you know, I respect you for what you have done, and you helped me move forward in my career, and that's why I am who I am today. It, it, it's it's really really interesting. It's a documentary you have to check out if if you're not even if you're not a Yankee fan. Derek Jeter is always going to be remembered as one of the faces of baseball in the last fifty years. He was very Are you important. Buying, seeing him on last night on the pregame show <laughs> and seeing him with A-Rod. <laughs> and well, A-Rod acting like they're the long-lost best buddies. I will say this. At the end... I, to I, me, I think A-Rod is like the biggest phony that there is. I actually met A-Rod, and I thought A-Rod was one of the nicest guys I ever met. <laughs> he really could was... could you imagine if he and J-Lo owned the Mets speedy? Oh, forget oh, it. I, I remember being so against <laughs> that at the time. I'm like, oh, thank God it's Steve Cohen. Oh, my no, God. No, but honestly, I remember honestly, at the end of that documentary, his wife, Derek Jeter's wife, which, by the way, almost passed away on a second kid, um, yeah. and, and she actually uh, – she she can't have kids anymore because he, they wow. tell the story of she bled, almost bled to death. She it was it's crazy. But she actually told Jeter Derek um, that 
you know, when you're a young guy, you say things, you handle things differently in front of the press. People are different. And that you can't judge a book by its cover now that you guys are men. You guys are done with your careers. Sometimes you have to walk away from what has happened. Derek Jeter took it really personal, what he said. Derek Jeter was very to himself. He even said that. I, I kept people, my close friends close and everybody away from me because I didn't trust anybody. Everybody tried to you know, throw me under the bus or try to make me look like I was the bad guy when I all I tried to do was play the game of baseball. And I loved the game so much, that's why I never settled down with anybody. The game was more important to me than anything else. And mm-hmm. he couldn't and he, he it's very interesting how he you know you know, explains who he was as a, as a baseball player, as a kid coming into the league, as then becoming slowly uh, the leader, and then becomes the captain and becomes a man. It's very unique, and it's a great, great story documentary. It's seven episodes, an hour an episode. It's seven hours. It's fantastic. You have to check it out. Speedy, did ESPN Plus pay him for the? No. For- <laughs> <laughs> they should. <laughs> they should. I was re- I was really into it. I really was, and uh, I, I think you should take this whole segment <laughs> of you talking about it and send it to them, and s- they'll love me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll be like this guy. Let's hire this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good selling point. There you go, Brian. Take this and sell this to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but uh yeah it's crazy i i base, baseball is uh, everybody's pastime and i don't care what anybody says i i want to see baseball come back on top from football i don't know if it ever will because of the, Not way, with the, the way they're branding it no no but uh, well, you know what's interesting I, I have friends who said well you know if the yankees and dodgers are in this world series nobody's gonna watch that's then what a crock it, it, if, no, if San Diego's not in it with their lineup, nobody's going to watch. What a crock. If, it, if it's Philadelphia and Houston, this series not going to get any ratings. I'm like, you're wrong because Houston are still the team everybody wants to hate, even mm-hmm. with Dusty. Yeah. And Philadelphia is a top 10 market. And, and they hate – and everybody hates their fans. people, including me, that hate them too. They hate their fans. So <laughs> drag Philly down and see what they I, have, I, what I have, stupid I'm thing they'll do you, in their I've parade. Been their park. I've been in their park. When the Nationals were winning and the Phillies had really hit bottom a few years back, and some of the same players are still there now mm. that got immersed in, I mean, un- unbelievably, unmercifully booed mm. for bad performances. And so now they're getting the flip side of it. So good for them yeah. because those players pay their dues to have to play in front of those fans. And, they, you know, this year they really weren't drawing all that well. Uh, you know, yeah, because I don't think their fans, you know, believed. Mm. It, it's, and it's their, their, and their season sport, ticket base yeah. had fallen off. Mm. You know, they hadn't been good. They hadn't won. They hadn't come close in the last few years. So, I mean, their story is similar in a lot of ways to the Nationals yeah. in 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nationals won more games in the regular season and kind of locked up the first wild card spot. You know, by early September, they were way ahead. Whereas the Phillies had to really play that final week to get in, but hey, they they've played their behinds off. They they've outplayed everybody they've played, and you know, no score bottom of the first inning right now. <laughs> I'm so watching it right up. now. Guess who's up? 
Schwarber. <laughs> no, but you're right though. Like, but if like all four Philly teams were bad all at the same time, their passion level for baseball would have been the least out of all of them. Like, they're always football Ooh, and hockey first. He just got under it. Schwarber just yeah. got under it, uh-huh. or would have been gone. Right. Just got under it. But yeah, you're right. There was there were a lot of empty stadiums there when they were horrible. Those Philly yep. teams. Yeah. Yep. They were falling off. Now you got you know the Eagles are unbeaten. They're the town right now. Right now, they're they're the Boston. A.K. Red Sox, the Boston Bruins, the uh, even Philadelphia Flyers are winning. It's crazy. They're actually well, yeah, one of got, the best. You got Tortorella coaching, so yeah. you know they're, they're going to be good at some point. Well, and Tortorella's coaching, it'll never be dull. No, never dull. I love him. He's, yeah. he's I do fun too. to be around. I do, he's, too. He, ne- next to Parcells, Belichick press conferences, Tortorella looks like my father. So it, it, it's my father passed away, but he looks just like my father. So every time I see him walk into the stadium when they have the cameras on him, I'm like, I mean, he looks so much like my dad. And it, it's crazy because my father was as crazy as he was. So, <laughs> so I mean, he remember when he, he coached for Vancouver and he wanted to beat up one of his players or the other team's yeah. players. I mean, this guy. He's got nuts. a ring, though. He coached that. Uh, that yeah, Tampa, Bay, Tampa, right? Tampa, Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay Lightning team, yeah. Cup team in 2004. Mm. And yeah. he, he could have won a – he could have won a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. But, uh, yeah. you know, everything fell apart. But, again – this is a man that knows the game of hockey, and, and he's one of the best defensive minds in the NHL. No question that he is. Charlie, I was talking about it earlier with, with Noah Syndergaard, how he left a sour taste to me when he left the Mets. I can't wait for the first uh, if, uh, Tony D'Angelo hissy fit that he throws with Tortorella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Tony D'Angelo is one of the craziest people you'll ever meet. Personality-wise, because I remember when I met him, He's he's not normal, okay? You think he's normal? He's yeah, not normal on the nice. ice. He's not normal in person. He's one of those crazy people, and he likes to drink. He loves his beer. So like you, Speedy, you get oh, along yeah. with him. Charlie, we really appreciate you joining us. I'll, I'll give you a call uh, maybe tomorrow, but uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, you. You do such a fantastic job with the Nationals. Uh, enjoy your summer vacation. Uh, spend it with your family. Tell Alex. Right. I, I do my summer in the winter. That's right. You look pretty, I'm man. Warm weather. I'm in Florida, so that's a good thing. You look good, man. You look pretty. I mean, your wife should be very happy, you know? You look like you're not, you're not getting any wrinkles. There's a few here and there. Oh, come on. Everybody adds wrinkles. The big right wrinkle may be in the midsection. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell, don't tell got, Alex I that. Got, <laughs> I got time to work on that right now. There you go. And you do that. Yep. Yeah, but we really appreciate you, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll see if my team, based on being up for sale, whether <laughs> they make some moves to improve. And then we found out the commanders could be are going up for sale today. <laughs> well, we're the getting they could have next. more problems. <laughs> the Orioles are next to go up for sale. Mm. So the, the whole region's going to have teams up for sale. Well, we'll see what happens. If I had a billion dollars, I'd buy one of those teams too. <laughs> there you go. You could call it the Beltway bidding hey, war. Maybe I'll play for Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get lucky. There you go. <laughs> I doubt it. Anyone I know that wins that thing saying, I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, thank you, man. You got it. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. As always, uh, Charlie Slows, fantastic. His son, Alex Slows, um, working. He's working his butt off. He's moving uh, into serious contentions, hopefully. 
uh, and getting his, you know, moving into better opportunities for him. And I, we, me and Charlie were talking uh, about him today, and, and Charlie was like, uh, I, I want him to be more, uh, you know, more open to having the opportunity to do some baseball and basketball and learning the games a little bit more, not just wrestling. And it will open up opportunities for him, being that he's he's a young kid. What, what, what is he, 25, 26 years old? He's around your age, Speedy. And I think your the way you started and, and how you have grown as a radio guy, it, it, it all – you have to grow, and I think Alex needs to figure out where he wants to go, and I think he will. And and when he does, he, he's going to be very successful. His father, look at his father, 30 years in the game of baseball, and he did basketball, and he's he, he, he's done soccer. I mean, he anything and everything that he can learn to broadcast, he, he does it. And, and, and that's what you have to do. You have to be open for everything. If you want to be successful in this business, you have to be open for all different sports, not just one, but – Fantastic, uh, as always. Uh, Don't worry, Charlie. Uh, your son served the role of uh, <laughs> of uh, Lightning Tampa 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 Bay Lightning bandwagon fan just to annoy Lyle <laughs> when they were playing the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I was pissed. Well, almost, I know almost you won, were. Almost won three in a row. Yeah, they did. And I they almost made me throw well in, in the salary cap era to even win two in a row. They cheated with that salary cap. They had three players hurt for the whole season, and then they well, waited. Was, they didn't cheat. They yeah, found well, a loophole. Was, <laughs> Here's the right words. Loophole. They're that's, Bill Belichick. Yeah, they found a loophole that now has to be fixed. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else will do it. Yeah. Who knows? But, but see, that's what the NHL salary cap is, to me, different than any other sport because you have to meet the cap every day. Mm. You have to be under the cap for every game. So if you have an injury, not a long-term injury, but a short-term injury, and you call up a player based on what he makes, you have you have to make a manipulation to send somebody down just to be under the cap that day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. It's different than every other sport. You're, I mean, you're really managing the cap every day <laughs> if you're a team that's right up against right. it like the Lightning were. Like the Islanders are. <laughs> well, that, that's why Tampa Bay has a lot of new players now that they're trying to work through. You know, they traded away some people because they had to get they had to make room under the cap and sign some players long term so that they have you know salary cap expectancy going forward, mm. knowing what they have for over several years. Mm. But I'm going to go watch the game. I'm going to go eat dinner. Yes. See you later, man. Thanks for joining All us. Right. Uh, Charlie Slows, ladies and gentlemen, uh, crazy. It's, it's crazy. I haven't seen him since April, you know. So it's, it's nobody's crazy. seen me since April. Well, that's true, <laughs> including your wife. <laughs> I'm gonna go eat dinner with her now. <laughs> we'll enjoy it. Yes. So uh, that was Charlie. Uh, when we come back, we'll have. Uh, we will be talking to Dolph- ex Dolphins, Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. He will be joining us, but. Uh, yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. I, he's absolutely right, and I, I love the game. I love, I love, I love when you talk to people, especially guys like Charlie, that knows not just baseball. He he's very well rounded when it comes to basketball. He knows football. He's a big football fan, and he knows hockey. So, and when you see stuff like that, and that's what I tell Alex all the time, you have to be more 
uh, understanding of the way, you know, being an analyst and, and understanding all different games, not just one, which he knows his wrestling, which is entertainment. But sometimes you have to build your name in some other sport so it gets you to where you want to be. And I, I think uh, Alex has a tremendous amount of push and, and who his father is, uh, the opportunities will be there for him. It mm-hmm. really will be. Um, right now it's 0-0. Zero, zero. I, I think it's the second inning now. Looks like it. Yep. Just start of the second inning. Uh, and, and Philadelphia has – is that Nola? Nola's on the mound tonight. Yep. Like you said, center guards tomorrow, and then Wheeler could be game six if needed. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, honestly, if, if – if, and I'm, I'm saying only if, if Philadelphia wins tonight, it's over tomorrow. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you, it's over tomorrow. They Even clean with it up in five games, uh, they're right. going to clean it up in five. I, I, I don't really think the Astros have proven to me that they're any good in this series. They're getting out coached, out hit, out pitched. I mean, what have they done in this series that really tells you that they're going to win this series? Yeah, you thought, thought they'd have the depth too, and their the depth hasn't really shown up either. I so think that, I think Philadelphia beats the Yankees if they play the Yankees. Yeah, the way they're playing right now, because their their bullpen's been flawless too, the Phillies so far. It's not the bullpen; it's Thompson. Thompson has too, been. Yep. Mm-hmm. He has been everything that you want for a manager to be. And yeah, that's true. Thompson would know the Yankees too. That he would sense. know the Yankees. Yeah. He's worked with the Yankees for a he was part of Joe, I think he was part of Joe Torre's staff for a little bit. If I'm oh, not wow. mistaken. No, that's going way back. I, I'm wow. pretty sure okay. he 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 definitely was on Joe Gir- Girardi's yes. staff for for all those years, but right. I think he actually worked with Joe Torre too. So, hmm. uh if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know for sure, but uh yeah. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking to former Dolphins, Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. Played for two thousand for the 2015-2017 uh, Dolphins, and, and also he finished up with the New York Football Giants in 2018. When we come back, Tony Lippett here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number you are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, Charlie Slows, fantastic uh, Nationals play-by-play broadcaster, friend of the show, fantastic interview. And, uh, Speedy, we got a new guest, uh, a guest that's never been on the show before. Uh, interesting career. We're now talking to former Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. Tony, what's up, man? What's happening? What's happening, man? Thanks for having me on the show, man. Absolutely, man. I know you're a very busy guy. And uh, uh, how are you and your family doing uh, from the COVID situation? Um, has anybody in your household had COVID? Um, no, nobody in my household has had COVID. Um, I mean, everybody doing the best they can do, you know, that was an unfortunate situation. It was something totally different that we probably never experienced before in this lifetime. So everybody just did the best they could do, you know, stay out the way and protect their health and all that. So, but everybody good though. Can't complain. Fantastic. Fantastic. So why don't we get into your career and you had a very interesting career. You played in the AFC East. You also played in the NFC East. What was it like playing for two different divisions that are very well respected in the NFL in the NFL world? 
Um, it was pretty dope, man. The first division I played with, shout out to the Miami Dolphins for drafting me. Appreciate y'all. But we played with uh, against the Bills, obviously the Jets, and obviously, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots when they was doing their thing. So that was kind of like the Patriots division at that time. But I got a couple wins versus the Patriots. You know, they, when they just come to Miami, it was kind of tough when they came to Miami to play. So got a, got a, a win or two, I think, against Tom Brady and uh, maybe a, a win or two versus – Mm-hmm. Played against the Bills a couple times as well. So, um, but yeah, both two competitive divisions, cold weather divisions, good quarterback divisions. Um, NFC East, that was a pretty, like, you know, that's big running backs, historic organizations. You got the Cowboys, you got the Eagles, you got the Giants. And at that time, you had the Redskins. So that was uh, four, like, historical teams Absolutely. to play for. Especially playing for the Giants, shout out to them as well. That's one of the best franchises I've played on, or at least been a part of. So, um, pretty interesting, man. Pretty dope. Pretty great experiences playing for those organizations. Well, you're very lucky because you have a Giants fan over there. Uh, Speedy is a Giant <laughs> yes. fan. I am a Jet fan. And yes, you as a Dolphin player, you probably whipped the Jets' ass a couple of times because uh, the New York Jets, for some reason, could never get over the hump against the Dolphins. It's always been a problem. It's either the Dolphins or the Patriots. They did beat the Buffalo Bills a couple of times, but yeah. uh, it, it, they never had any luck against the Dolphins. But not when the season was on the line. <laughs> That's true, too. Rex Ryan, let him have it. Please. I, I know I know both of y'all are pretty excited, though. You got both of the New York teams playing pretty yes. well right now, so I know y'all are ecstatic about that. Uh, well, I, we can only hope that Zach Wilson's the real <laughs> deal. If he yeah. is... If he is, we'll be very, very happy. If he isn't, uh, we have to go to plan C and D, which I don't know where that is. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I might the, be lost. Maybe the they pieces, The pieces around them is pretty competitive. Oh, fantastic. They got some good pieces around them. Though, 100%. So. That, the, the Jets have one of the best young teams in the NFL. There's no question. Yeah. We are talking, we are talking to former Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. So I want to ask, because you played with both of them, uh, two very close friends in the league, and that's Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. What were they like as teammates? Um, I mean, I played with I play with Jarvis the more. I played with him for, for yeah, three, three and a half years, four years. Good, great guy, great teammate, great dude, competitive guy, like competitive in practice all the time, you know, great dude. Um, playmaker. Both of them are definitely dynamic playmakers. Played with Odell for uh, – with a half half a season, probably I think like ten games. Um, pretty good dude. Both, both like athletically, like they're probably two one of the uh, most athletic wide receivers you've seen. Both hard working guys can definitely run routes, and um, they were just definitely ecstatic to be around. Fun fun guys to be around. Energy high, big personalities. Yeah, it was definitely good to be around both of them. Both great guys, still in the league doing their thing. Odell wouldn't have messed up his knee last year. He would have won a Super Bowl MVP in my eyes. Um. He's going to come back this year and dominate and do his thing, I feel. And uh, Jarvis was with the Saints right now. I think he's been injured for the last yeah, few games. Yeah, last two weeks, yeah. But starting off this season, he have definitely had a great start with the Saints this year. So I'm sure he's ramping up his – back up his body, getting his things back together, though. I'm sure you're going to see some great things from them for the rest of their careers, for sure. Who do you think was better to play against at practice? Uh, Better – I would say – uh, Jarvis, I'll say Jarvis because wow. I, mean, I, I went against him. I mean, when I got to uh, to the Giants, like it was kind of in season, so we didn't mm-hmm. we competed against each other, but it wasn't like right. competition. But I've been through training camps and OTAs mm-hmm. with Jarvis, and like even just like competing in just like regular drills and things like that. So we have been like in some 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 great battles, you know. So 
Um, I'll definitely say I'll definitely say Jarvis, and he's a hard practice guy too. Like these are two guys that show up practice like ready to play like it's a game. So. I've talked to NFL players, and a lot of people when I've tried to compare Jarvis Landry to Odell Beckham, a lot of them have told me that they believe that Jarvis Landry was the better player. It's crazy to say that, but uh, I mean Odell Beckham, he he was very. Uh, he, he was very fly when he stepped on the court, uh, stepped on the field. Jarvis was, yeah, he was fly, but he was more, you know, like he was all about winning. Odell was all about, you know, Odell's numbers, get his numbers up, and 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 do what he does best. Jarvis was all about like I, I want to win ball games, I want to go out there and win. So, and, and and that's that's the difference I think. And I'm not saying that Odell Beckham didn't want to win. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm saying that what I s- spoke to different players that have played for both guys. Both of them, uh, I, I think I, I've spoken to at least four players that play with both both guys. Each and every one of them told me that Jarvis Landry was more of the prototypical leader. You know, when you, you wanted to go to somebody, you wanted to talk to somebody, he was the leader. He was the guy that would always push you to be the best player on the field. Odell Beckham was more like, you know, I want to be flashy. I want to I want to get, you know, my 100 yards, my two touchdowns, and make that unbelievable catch that's going to shut people up and put me on SportsCenter every single night, you know? Or he ended Josh Norman's career, too. That's true, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true no, too. They, they both great in their, in their own ways. I'm going to say Odell's like a three-point shooter. Like, right. three-point mm-hmm. shooter, fast break. He's an electric player, you feel what I'm saying? I'm not saying, like... Mm-hmm. Jarvis not an electric player, but right. Odell's definitely like an electric player, like mm-hmm. electric. Okay, let's just like this. Let's just go to track. Odell is a hundred yard sprinter. I gotcha. Like one of the best hundred yard sprinters. Jarvis is that two hundred, that four hundred, mm-hmm. that where it takes a little bit, a lot of grit, a lot of grind, a lot of anger, a lot of passion. You know, to like finish the last leg coming across, coming around the right. three hundred meters, and you got to finish the last four legs. That's Jarvis. Like he's he's that type of guy, that glue guy, great leader, great player, great dude. And Odell is is speed, great dude, great leader from what I've seen, great leader. Um mm-hmm. people follow him. He definitely has a big personality, people follow him. But he's so that guy Justin that's Bieber. in a hundred <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy that's in a hundred yard meter and he's taking off and he might look back at you, you know, because he didn't beat everybody. So <laughs> if that makes sense as far as the track analogy right there. I love messing around because that uh, <laughs> Odell Beckham is is on his way back and a lot of people think he yeah. he could go back to the Giants. By the way, we are talking to former Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Lippett, fantastic personality, as you can see. And uh we were talking about Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. But uh, I I do believe Odell Beckham will be back very, very soon. And I think it could be, if the Giants keep playing the way they are, the Giants need a star wide receiver. And why not bring a guy like Odell Beckham back over there to to take that team to higher? And, and being that I, the Giants need a, a weapon like that, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be crazy for him to come back? The, the, the New York Giant fans would absolutely relish that, seeing him step up on the football field again. Uh, the fantastic ability that he is. He's put out there, Mr. Number, right, number 13, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Number 13 on that field again. So you say you say he should go to the Giants like this like this year when he come back? Yes, I do. I, I think that would be great. They got a solid team for sure. So so you saying, okay, when he come back, he should go straight to the Giants. He shouldn't go to no other team. He shouldn't go back to L.A. He shouldn't go back to Cleveland when Deshaun Watson get back. No. He shouldn't go to the Bills. I've been hearing that float around. Um, he shouldn't go to the Vikings. No. you know he shouldn't Vikings go to really the Chiefs. Him. No, I, I, here's the thing: the Chiefs just made a trade for uh, um, Kadarius, Kadarius Tony. Tony. Yeah. So Kadarius Tony 
is 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 there, and that's what they're going to use as their number one guy. And, you think so? Yes, I do. I, I like Hardman. I, I do. I like what he we've seen. You know, a couple of games here and a couple of games there, but he's not mm-hmm. the the full guy, the guy that's going to go out there and catch you know ten you know ten grabs a game. Yeah. I, I think. I think Odell Beckham, and he's not going to the Rams because the Rams might not even make the playoffs. Why would he go back to the Rams if they're not making the playoffs? The Giants yeah. have a chance right now, being that he has been at the practices. He's obviously uh, there's there's a linebacker that they brought back, and everybody knows who I'm talking about, Mr. Collins. Uh, they bring him back, so why not bring Odell Beckham back? Where you are six and two right now, you have a chance. With your your schedule as easy as it is, you don't have to sign a you know a four or five year deal right now. Go back mm-hmm. to the Giants, help the Giants get into the playoffs, and maybe surprise a lot of people because that NFC is absolutely horrendous. So th- th- this has an opportunity for you know for a team that nobody thought the Giants were any 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 good this year. And th- do they have a lot of talent right now? Honestly, they're probably the least talented team in that division. But because of their coach and their belief on what they're doing on the field, it doesn't matter it, it, win or lose going into the final, qu- qu- final quarter, winning or losing, they'll find a way to win that game. It, it, Seattle was the first team that figured them out. They, they, they mm-hmm. should have won that Cowboys game. The Giants should have won that game. So uh, that, Seattle was the only team that really outplayed the Giants in the fourth quarter, uh, especially look at the numbers Daniel Jones has in the fourth quarter, the best in football right now. Really, it's it's unbelievable, and all the Giant fans that hated that guy. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> they, they, everybody hates everybody. Uh, just like the Jet fans want to throw Zach Wilson out. He's four and one coming back, and because he threw three hundred and fifty five yards and three interceptions, aka Josh Allen threw on Sunday night. Was it? No, I'm sorry. Was it Sunday? It was Sunday night football. Yep. He threw, what did he have? 210 yards, two interceptions, and he barely beat the Green Bay Packers. The same Green Bay Packers that the Jets whipped a couple of weeks ago. So what does that tell you? Oh, but they're not throwing Josh Allen away. Nobody wants to give up on Josh Allen. But everybody, all the New York fans, get rid of him. He sucks. Bring Mike White in. Bring the plumber in. Give me a break. I mean, as a Jet fan, I want to throw the hell up, okay? I don't know about you. You're watching the game. Am I wrong or right on this? Um, They, they definitely be at them. They be at them. You know, they don't, they don't give a lot of quarterbacks their time to develop. I mean, you have guys come in like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. the Josh Allens, the Herberts, the – I can name a few of them. And they just click so early. Now they want to see the guys click real early like – if this is 10 years ago, some of these quarterbacks will be able to, you know, develop and 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 be able to manage the game and not have the game totally rely on them. But they see some of these guys come in and with these electric arms and electric decision making and Mahomes that went to the Super Bowl what two times, <laughs> what three or two or three times in like mm-hmm. his first couple of years. Yep. They want that now. They want the quarterback to win the games now. They want you to win now. And they just need to give people some time. You know, I know these organizations be wanting guys to come in ready and the team is ready around them. So it's going to happen. But a lot of these, a lot of these quarterbacks need time to develop. You need that comes, that start with coaching, that start with the team, that start with the wide receivers. And that start with them just gaining the experience. Like that's a, like that's something we don't talk about enough. Like you need experience. You need game experience, not just practice, not just these other things. You need that experience in. 
it's going to happen. Maybe it take two or three years. Maybe it take four. I know they be wanting to pay him in, in year three now, in year four. And <laughs> If it takes four <laughs> years, he'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the portal yeah, now, for real. Yeah, like, the, got, the, what, are you kidding me? The Jet fans will tie him up and push him off a bridge. <laughs> Chicago, Chicago ready to give up on Justin Fields. It's like he just got there. Like He need reps. He's, he need experience. He's looked good, man. The last, the last two few weeks, weeks. Yeah, he's looked good. Uh, he's looked the best. Out of all the quarterbacks, he's really starting to. By the way, they made a trade for Claypool. Now they give him a weapon. Uh, maybe this transition. Maybe the Chicago Bears sneak in in the NFC. Who would have thought that? Everybody thought they were going to have the number one pick, and maybe Justin Fields would be gone. Now all of a sudden, Justin Fields has stepped up. He's now they're now running the ball more with him and saying, you know, yeah. we could turn him into. He's faster than Lamar Jackson. Let's turn him into a running slash throwing quarterback. He's bigger. He's stronger. He'll run through defensive uh, defensive lines if he has to. I, I think he's looked fantastic. Fantastic the last three weeks, especially what he did against the New England Patriots. Love that in New England. For real, yeah. who, who saw who saw that? Who saw him winning that game? I don't nobody. think nobody had him beating that game. So <laughs> it was Justin Fields well. thirty-seven, baby. Justin <laughs> it's Justin Fields thirty-seven. What was the New England twenty-two or whatever? Fourteen. Fourteen. No, it was like fourteen. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like a beat down, like twenty-point beat down. Yep. Like, um, uh, Bill Belichick. Patriots fans <laughs> in Foxborough, like that's. <laughs> Not even in Chicago. Like that's what you want to see. That was a fantastic. Patriots statement. fans had their fun uh, Bailey Zappy quarter. That was a. <laughs> oh God! Give me Man. a break about the Patriots. They made me <laughs> sick. By the way, we are talking to former Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Tip uh, Tony Lippett. Fantastic. I, I, I watching that game this weekend. It was disturbing. It wanted. I wanted to throw the hell up. Okay, I was just disgusted. That penalty call on Franklin Myers was absolutely horrendous. I don't know what the referees are thinking. And this is this is my question to you: Do you agree how the NFL has made the quarterback position a peewee position where all you got to do is put a pinky on them and you're going to call a penalty on them? Do you do you like that as a defensive player? No, I don't like that. Um... I don't. I feel like I know they. I know they want. You know they want to keep the quarterback. This is a quarterback's game. It's quarterback league. You want to see the quarterback start and play a lot of games. You want to see the deep balls. You want to see the throws. But there's sometimes I feel like you can barely touch them. Like I see some like try to swipe at the ball and make a mistake and touch the Graze helmet, helmet a little yeah. bit. It's like a 15 yard penalty, automatic first down. <laughs> it's like, man, how many plays we're gonna have to go through with that? Mm-hmm. And then like even when a quarterback run like. Some of them be sliding so late because they know like I'm about to I'm about to like make them hit me mm-hmm. because I'm gonna get another 15 on top of that and it's just like I feel like once a quarterback run he should be treated like a running back mm-hmm. in the pocket now in the pocket how they doing it now I mean it's gonna stay like that it's gonna stay the way it is right like how it is but I feel like once a quarterback get on the run I don't care if he's a running quarterback is he not a running quarterback you should be able to hit him. Now they should treat the pocket how they treat the pocket because they're not going to change that. They want to see their guys throwing the ball. They want to see them guys in the game throughout the whole season. But I don't know, man. They're protecting the quarterbacks a lot, man. Like, like, dude, if you remember a couple years ago, it was Mahomes. It was in a playoff game. I think it was against the Titans, and he rolled out, and he ran, and he ran up the sideline. It mm-hmm. was like he was about to go out of bounds, but he didn't. He kind of cut back and scored a touchdown. Yes, I remember but that. The, but the defender – like kind of eased up on him. Like he was like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know what to do. Cause I don't know if I'm going to tackle him. He's going to run out of box. It's like they plan, the quarterbacks playing those type of deceptive games now because they know like 
at the end of the day, I'm going to get 15. And you might get throughout the game if you hit me hard enough. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? So it's like, I guess it's just on the defenses to adjust, on the teams to adjust. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Now, as a Jet fan, if if they're not going to call, if they're going to call a penalty on the field, when I see Mac Jones out on the street, I'm going to hit him. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to be like, screw the referees. I'm going to hit that bastard. And Patriots fans will love you forever because they get to see Bailey Zappi again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There he is, Mac Jones crossing the street. Let's go. Let's go attack him. There's no flags on the street. I mean, come on. It, 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 it seems like the Patriots get all the calls. Bill Belichick always gets the calls. And I think the NFL, and I, I think it's true. I, I thought that ruined the game. That, that pick six, would it have, would it have mattered if, if Franklin Myers didn't push Mac Jones on the ground? He didn't even, they say he lunged at him. How did he lunge? Go watch the replay. He didn't lunge at him. He pushed him, and he was there just as, as fast as the ball was released out of his hands. It was going to be intercepted anyways. So how could you call a penalty like that? It was horrible. It ruined the momentum of the game. It would have been 17-3 going to the half. The Jets do a completely different turnaround on the way the game's going to go. And to me, it ruined everything. The pace of the game, it just completely pissed me off. And, you know, Tony, you've been around it. You've seen it. You've been on the field from it. Do you, do you like that? Do you, do you like how the NFL can ruin a game like that? Do you, do you like that the referees can ruin a game like that? No, like it can, it literally will like plays like those stay on players for like the whole, the rest of the game. Mm. Like, like you said, like it was a pick six and they caught it back. That will be on a player for the whole game. I know you say move on to the next player, things like that, but it's some plays in the game where it's just like, come on, bro. Like, give me a break. Like you, you don't, you don't want to see those happen. You don't want to see a call get turned, especially from some of these calls you see, you see today, mm-hmm. like, you can literally swipe, a, pull off his chin strap the wrong way, and, it, and it's and it's a flag, and it's like, man, now you want me to be quiet? Now I gotta, or 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 like right when a quarterback throw the ball, you can't even touch him. Like, how am I supposed to like slow myself down? These three, these three hundred pound defensive linemen charging at you, and they want you to stop like a DB as he's throwing the ball. They want you to just right. stop yourself from going forward after you didn't create all of this momentum mm-hmm. and power and strength going that way. And it's like you wired in to, you know, tackle the quarterback or hit the quarterback or just dis- disrupt the timing of the play. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he throw the ball, I just push him to the ground. And it's a flag. Not a quarterback. Every time the quarterback touched the ground, they looking up like, why did he touch me? I need a flag. And it's like, <laughs> You know man. what I would do? You know what I would do? I'd tell one of the <laughs> defensive linemen, uh, if I was a corner, one of the defensive linemen, when, they, when he hikes the ball, uh, stay, you stay down, stay low, so I can jump over the line and hit the quarterback. <laughs> I think, I think that Titans one you were referring to too in the AFC Championship game. Like, I think it was right at the end of the half too. So they're trying to keep him in bounds to keep the clock running, and then they just like stop, like because they knew they could hit him hard. They just had to make sure they slid. Like they just assumed that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like I don't, they don't know how to tackle. It. Like it's you can't hit him high, you can't hit him low, you can't hit him early, you can't hit him late, you can't hit him on time. Like, you can't touch him. You can't really do nothing. So, it's like, I feel like once a quarterback gets to scrambling, you, it's, he should be treated like a running back. I agree right. with you. And like, like he was saying with, with the Jets, too, like, the Titans were up 17-7 to in that game in the second quarter. That yep. changed the whole momentum, too. I, I think they got outscored, like, 28-3 to or something the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Nah. 
So uh, I wanted to ask you, we're speaking of uh, players that fans like to throw under the bus, including myself in this instance. And I'm, I'm amazed, I, I'll be surprised if Errol thinks I'm going to ask this question. I want to ask you about Eli Apple, a guy that a lot of uh, Giants fans and Saints fans definitely have a lot of beef with, with the way he was on Twitter, especially during the playoffs. So, and we've seen I love this, his mother, by the way. Yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, and we've seen this now with a lot of wide receivers, too. Jerry Judy, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, a couple others that have come out and uh, taken shots at Eli Apple, too. So you play with him for a year in your cornerback room with the Giants. So what was he like? Um, funny thing is, I had got there like I was only there for with him for like a week, so I don't know him that much. But I, I played against him at Ohio State and everything, so I know a little bit about him. But I don't know. People just be messing with him, man. They just be messing with him. I guess he'd be there, and they'd probably make a play over him. But I guess he's one of those corners that actually talk. You know, I saw corners that. Will talk even if he mess up. You feel what I'm saying? Like even if he mess up, he gonna be there. He gonna talk. And you know, wide receivers they gonna talk their trash as well. Mm. So, um, I mean, it's just just that's just the nature of the beast. If you gonna talk and they talking back on Twitter and they going back and forth and people just gang up on them, that's just how it be, man. That's just the nature of the game. Sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not. But I mean, he, he, he a good player for sure. He a good player. You know, he just he just talk big, so other players are gonna talk. Yeah. Right back at him. He's so. got his mom talking I, for him too. I, I would have been, <laughs> I, I been better in 2018 with you and Curtis Riley as the number two and three corners on that field. Oh, Obviously, Jack Rabbit number one. <laughs> hey man, Rabbit! Shout out the Rabbit. Uh, what is that? What does your shirt say over there? It says "Watch closely." What's it say over there? Uh, what does it say? I think it say "Watch closely." I'm about to say something stupid. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 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 that's, that's that's something that we should use on this show because we do say a lot of stupid things. No, believe me, if I, <laughs> if, if, if I ever had one of those shirts, I would probably try to prank send it to Eli Apple. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a shirt you pull up under your jersey after you, after you like scored or something or after you made a play. You just pull it up real quick. You should send it to Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to somebody. <laughs> well, don't send it to Odell. He'll probably do something, you know, on the field that you wouldn't expect him to do. <laughs> hey, man. I've seen I've seen him pray to a you know a net. I've seen him you know pretend that he was peeing on a logo. I mean, he's done everything. Odell, you know, he's the king of you know being a part of the tabloids. Uh, we are talking to former Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. So, Tony. The game has changed completely. Uh, I think the game has opened up. And, and and you look at all the different wide receivers that have become superstars in this league. Uh, the, one of the guys right now, uh, Minnesota Jefferson, Yeah, obviously we he, he's, he's a beast. Uh, you have other guys like Garrett Wilson, who's starting to become a, a young superstar for the New York Jets, and all the different wide receivers. Is there a particular wide receiver when you played that just was so hard to defend against? Um, who did I play? I mean, I played against Antonio Brown. Definitely, definitely one of the best. Definitely one of the best ever, for sure. Like he's a guy that motor never stopped. Like he, especially with was. his mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's somebody <laughs> you should send the shirt. <laughs> It'd be perfect with that. <laughs> he was. He was definitely one of them. Um, who was I played against? I got a good name. Well, I, I got a, against, I to play AJ Green. AJ which, Green. Which was yeah. Antonio yeah, Brown, yeah. his new nickname is Motormouth. <laughs> hey man, he he don't he don't stop though. He don't stop on the field. I feel bad for him. I I think he's he has some brain problems or something, man. I mean, 
that guy has been hit too much to the head, especially remember with the Bengals. How many times have we seen that guy get hit in the head uh, from the Bengals? Yep. I mean, no, the matchups be crazy. The matchups be extra physical for especially, sure. So. Especially with uh, our friend Perfect. Yep. We, we definitely have to reach out to him, get him <laughs> on the show. I would love to talk to him. I mean, he was out of his mind. I mean, how many times did he get a penalty? I mean, remember the stuff Brian and Lloyd was saying too about when we had him on the show right, too about Pac-Man right. Jones too. By he the way, like he was on a Niffin show today. He was on Niffin. Oh, show. nice Pac-Man <laughs> Jones. They said he changed his life. Oh, he's completely he? different. He's completely different. Uh, different that everybody keeps saying that Pac-Man has changed everything. I mean, the craziness on and off the field. How many strip bars he's been to? Right. I, I told Nathan, I said, get him on my show. I'm going to ask him some crazy questions. Oh, you are. <laughs> I, I know you are. <laughs> he, he would never come back on this show. <laughs> I mean, shit. When you in the game, man, you in the battle, you in the heat of it, man. You, you, you kind of turn into the person you need to be in that battle. So oh, I'm sure. He, I mean, he ain't, he ain't in the battle. Nah, he, you know, he living his life, enjoying himself. You know, I'm happy for him. Thing, so. yeah. I'm happy for I'm happy for all the athletes. First of all, every athlete, if, if they can make as much money as they possibly can, they should. I don't mm-hmm. argue that. You go after your money. You only have a certain amount of time in this league, certain many opportunities to be uh, to be a multimillionaire. So if you have the chance to be a multimillionaire, you do whatever it takes to be that. Uh, but Definitely. But uh, I, I think the game is completely different, and I think, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, an average NFL player plays three to four years in the NFL, and that's it. Their career is over. It, it's mm-hmm. crazy how fast it comes and it goes. So, what was it like for the first time to make your team to be the final fifty-six or fifty-three of a team, and, and make that team and actually play a whole season on that team and get to know the players and travel and, and do all those things that every player just, you know, the camaraderie that everybody loves when it comes to a locker room. Um, it was kind of new to me. Like I didn't, I didn't know the whole, like, you know, 53 making the team and things like that when I came in. So that was kind of new to me, but it was, it was dope. I mean, like my first year was a, my first year with the Dolphins was kind of crazy. I mean, our coach got fired, like, I think, like, week three or week four. <laughs> so we had a whole new, you know, coach. Um, Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah, we had Dan Campbell for the rest of the season from now on. Good, good dude. Um, crazy, I heard. He likes to. <laughs> no, his, no his, his, his energy was live. Like, yeah. We used to, like, have, like, a. I always had like this little competition at the end of practice where it was like probably like most of the young guys or some older guys as well. Like we like do like one on ones. I saw that. I saw that on the line. I saw that with the Lions. They do the same thing on hard knocks. Yeah, that's what we do. We do like one on ones. We do like the alley where it's like two go like he a compete, did, he, did he compete with you too? Because he competed with the Lions players too. No, he. I mean, he would like he would like do like I seen him doing up downs and yes. stuff like that. Like he would do up downs. He would run and he would he would get out there and. And show like I'm with y'all. Like so he's definitely like an energy guy, guy that that you would want to run through a wall for for sure. Mm. So I mean that's the same thing you see, you know, with the with the Lions. They play hard, they ain't finishing as good as they can, but they like they don't lack effort as you if you can see like they just losing games, you know, but they don't lack effort. Like they just out there just get unenthused and okay, it's another Sunday, uh let's go out here. They they actually competing, you know. Mm. Sometimes they just not the better team, but um, I mean, it was a long season. It was a dope season. It was a, a few adjustments for me traveling, you know, going on the road. I think like week four, I started playing. Like the first couple of weeks, I wasn't playing. But the, like week four, um, I started to play, started to get incorporated into the game. Um, it was dope, man. I liked the experience and coming from playing wide receiving and going to cornerback. So I was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was dope, though. It was a dope year besides, you know, our coaching and fire and things like that. But I was introduced to like the business part of 
what happens because like I had the same coach in college in high school for for the whole time. Wow. But then as soon as I got to the Dolphins, like three weeks into it, our coach got fired. So I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on now? Like how this works? Like, but so it was adjustments. It's like little things you can pick up on, little things you can learn from and learning from the vets and learning, you know, how to take care of your body, take care of yourself and hmm. was, was things Br- like that. Was Brent Grimes on the Dolphins when you your first year or was he gone by then? Because I know he was there in 14. I don't remember if he was there in 15. No, Brent was there. The uh, Brent was there. I played with Brent for a couple okay. years. Because we've had a lot of his ex-Falcons teammates on our show in That's the past. Right. And he says he's like the funniest guy. The funniest guy. <laughs> oh, no. Brent hilarious. Yeah. Man. Brent hilarious. But, and also Brent. Shout out to Brent. This like Brent is was one of the Brent was one of the most athletic guys I've ever been around. Mm. And and you probably wouldn't think that. But he was like one of the most athletic guys. Like like no stretching nothing. It was wild to me. I'm like, bro, this like you like year twelve here. You don't be stretching or nothing. Like what you <laughs> you must you must stretch before you get here or something. You must be I don't know. But one of the most athletic guys, I mean, I'd have seen him do some of the most acrobatic stuff in practice and in the game. And I'm just like, bro, how do you do that, bro? Like, how did you know to do that? How did your body know to do that? So shout out to Brent. Yeah. I've been around a lot of athletes, different type of players, basketball players, football players, track, soccer. Brent was one of the guys I look at and I'd be like, bro, he's definitely one of the most athletic guys I've been around. Yeah, you mentioned him, like, the, the way he stretched stretched out for a smaller guy, too. The year before you got to the Dolphins, he had an interception against the Lions that was insane. Mm-hmm. It was just like the Odell catch, like, on defense. It was insane. I never saw anything like that before, especially and, for a guy his size. And he jumped, size. like, high yeah. as ever, though. Like, like five, eight, five, Oh, nine, he's not tall at 40, all. 40-inch right. 40 vertical. Like, he's, like, dunking between his legs. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't even dunking between all I mean, I am. But I ain't even done sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the receiver he was facing, it wasn't it wasn't Calvin Johnson, but it, it, their number two receiver, I forget who it no, was I at the time. I think it was Calvin Johnson. It was? Okay. Because I, I remember was he was pretty Calvin big, Johnson. too. I'll look that up for sure. But, yeah, it was a physical guy he was going up against, too. Mm. Uh, Brent, 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 good. Brent was was a great wide receiver for sure. He played for a long time. Great teammate, funny guy. Like had a meeting room, laughing. But he also was a quiet guy too. But when he said something, it's like, bro, you hilarious. You probably need to talk more. <laughs> but yeah, quiet dude though. No, you're right. It was against Calvin Johnson. I just watched it again. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what a like sixty pound size difference you got to be between those two. Any one on one though, yeah, like, right? One on one out there with, with Megatron. Mm-hmm. Megatron six six was six six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like six five, like two forty one or something like that. He Which everybody insane. says he's like a, a pole. He's like a he's a little bit. He's such a nice guy. Calvin Johnson off the field is one of the nicest people. Everybody tells me that he is yeah. one of the down to earth people you'll ever meet. Good guy, very friendly, and he'll speak to anybody, have a conversation with anybody. That's what I heard. When I was in Miami to the Super Bowl, I, I, I didn't get a chance to meet him. He was there, and I was within five feet. Everybody was running to him, and I'm like, I'm not running to him. I mean, I, like, <laughs> you know, so, and I, I was listening to his conversation. He's such a nice person, Calvin Johnson. He really is. Down to earth, cool, collective guy, and then you have some crazy ones that you know I I did mean I was. It's so funny. I I, I was telling everybody a story, and I don't. I, I oh, Tony, I don't know if you listen to the show. I was in I was in Miami uh, mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl, and I was waiting. Which one? Um, Chiefs 49ers. Chiefs 49ers. Okay. And I am I'm standing outside waiting for my Uber, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and then finally my Uber comes up. All of a sudden, I I. 
there was there was a guy and his girlfriend standing right beside me. It was Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Okay. So I'm looking over there and I'm like, I'm looking down. I'm like, I'm about to jump in. He's like, Hey, that's I think that's my car. And I'm looking up. I'm like, No, that's my car. I look up. It's Christian McCaffrey and his girlfriend. I'm like, Okay, it's your car. He's like, No, you can come in with us. We'll 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 take it together. And I I jumped I, I jumped in the car with him and. It took the Uber driver took me to my car because it was all the way on the other side of Miami, and I had to walk all the way up there. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm like uh, talking to him for like three minutes before they uh, they had to stop to they had to go to an event. So uh, it was really funny, and I was like. I was like, no, it's your car. He's like, no, 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 you can come with us. It was very funny. He started laughing. Nah, he, he seemed he seemed like a cool dude. I've I've met, I've met him, but he seemed like a cool dude. Yeah, he was he was doing really his thing cool. with the Forty Nine ers right now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yes, he yeah. is, and he could he could change that organization if uh, they get into the playoffs. They're scary. By the way, my picks to go to Super Bowl: Speedy, Buffalo, and Forty Nine ers. Buffalo and Forty Nine ers. I picked it in the video at the beginning of the year. I yes, like that. Yes, I did. And I his, like that. His logic at the time was Trey Lance was going to get benched and Jimmy G would go on the redemption <laughs> tour. <laughs> Instead, he gets hurt. I mean, it, it's, it's set up for be a nice story now. It's set up to definitely be a nice story like that. So It would be. Uh, it would be a very good question. Hey, listen, I would like to be my Jets and the 49ers. That would be fun. Maybe Solid. maybe, it's, maybe in a couple years. Maybe, maybe <laughs> get, just let, just let, let it marinate. Give it some time. Well, Give next some year. <laughs> I, I believe next year is the year where I think the Jets are going to take it to that next level i really do i think they have some really good young players and, and yeah. losing Brees hall and elijah vera tucker really did hurt them two possible pro pro players all pro i think elijah vera tucker is an all pro player and to lose him the way they did in the same game in the same quarter horrible thing to see that yeah I mean, horrible. but uh you know before we let you go man uh, as everybody knows, we're talking to Dolphin, ex-Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. And I definitely want to get you on the show again. You're cool. You're down to earth. You're a really cool guy. Um, what are you doing right now, now that you're not playing football? Are you doing, are you investing your time into you know, helping organizations? What are, what are you doing? Uh, I'm spending a lot of time with my family. Okay. I also like coaching and training guys. Basically training guys. I like training. I wanted to. I- People I didn't get asked to coach like uh, high schools and things like that, but mm-hmm. I don't really want to get into coaching like that nice. right now. So, but I do like training guys, you know, giving them the tools that I did have and uh, spending time with the family as well. I haven't had a lot of time to do that previous years, so been doing that and focusing on you know focusing on the future and things like that. So I'm happy, man. Yeah, a, a player. I, I see your career and and just even. Playing as as the time that you played, I mean, the, to experience the opportunity the way you experienced something that, you know, not many people get an opportunity to experience in the dreams that you had as a child to step on a, an NFL football field and, and, and be compared to, you know, you're, you're playing for, there's how many teams in the NFL? 32? 32. There's 32 yep. NFL teams and you're one of very few people to make a football team and play on a professional football team for three years, four years. It's it's incredible. It's it, And I don't care what anybody says. You don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be Calvin Johnson. You don't have to be any of those. The fact that you had the opportunity to play and start on a football field explains it all. So uh, No, definitely a blessing. Definitely a blessing. I enjoy it. I enjoyed it all. I enjoyed all the experiences. You know, you enjoy it a little bit more after you, like, after you finish with it and things like that, but even in the midst of it, I enjoyed it. You know, the times with my teammates, the time being on teams, traveling, you know, training, 
winning games, you know, even losing games. You, know? <laughs> you survived <laughs> so the two all... most hated people, two of the most hated people in New York football, Adam Gase and Eli Apple. <laughs> so, it's about Adam Gase. <laughs> well, they call him crazy eyes yeah, over here. Yeah, Crazy, man. crazy, crazy eyes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, so, oh, so you know a lot about Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. We, we, we <laughs> oh, uh, some some Jets fans him. here don't want to even, they, they don't even want to say his name. <laughs> That's how oh, much they don't man. like him. Oh, no, it's tough. It's tough to play in New York, though. I dare you tell you that. <laughs> it's tough to play in New York. But oh God, please. That's. I mean, some 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 great players and played through New York. You know, that's where mm. uh, you can definitely create a legacy and you know enjoy the time there, winning and losing. So, but definitely you want to win in New York. So you when you lose, it's gonna it's gonna be brutal. But you mm. know, it kind of makes some tough soldiers. Kind of you know toughen you up a little bit. Well, Tony, we really appreciate your time. I know you probably have family around you right now. Tell them I said hello. Thank you for your appreciate time. Appreciate that. And uh, we will talk to you soon. I'll speedy reach out to you again. We'll definitely get you on the show again. We would love to. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you for having me, man. Just let me know, man. I'll tune in with y'all. Talk some, talk some sports. Talk awesome. some life. It's all good with awesome, me. Awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, we were just talking to former Dolphins and Giants cornerback Tony Lippett. Fantastic, oh, personality. Yeah. Great guy, really uh, is, and, and great stories. Tons and, of great stories. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you you look at the game and, and the game, the transition of the game, and uh, when you see these players, people don't realize it's not that easy to play in the NFL even for three years and and yep. and make that fifty. Now it's fifty six team roster. I think it's 56 now. They yeah, because they three. expanded it recently. Yeah. It was always 53 for a while. Yeah, now Then it's they like, changed it to 54. You could have like a healthy scratch or something like that. Yeah. And then now it's 56 again because of the uh, expanded rosters after COVID. Right. So I think it's it's pretty amazing how, you know, you, you, you get chosen. You, know, you have to go through so many trials and tribulations in the offseason. Right. I mean, you got to go to the, through OTAs, then preseason. You got to make that team. I mean, there's no guarantees. How many people get uh, – there's 100 people that are trying out. There are 75 or 80 people. Right. You have to, They cut it down to 56 now. And to make that roster and play a whole season on that roster, it's not easy. Yep. Okay? You have to be the best of the best. And for Tony to do that for three years of his career is – Actually, more than three years. Four years of his career. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's a great story, and I'm happy that he's doing well. And uh, good show, good choice. Yeah, man. he was awesome. Yeah. Great, really good great, choice. Great, great, great stories. Fantastic. Both Dolphins and the Giants. A lot of great stories from all those players. Absolutely. And shout out to Charlie for uh, you know yes. coming on. I know he's been very, very busy. And now he's enjoying his offseason. Uh, enjoy it with the wife. Stay out of trouble, Charlie. We know you like to get into. I'm just kidding, Charlie. Don't get <laughs> Charlie, don't get Alex might. Right, Charlie? Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. Alex might. I don't. I don't see his father getting into trouble. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of those co-hosts on uh, Off the Mat might also get into trouble with uh, the way he talks about a certain Islander. <laughs> oh. Oh, by the way, actually, oddly enough, in my uh... I saw him at the Islander Ranger game. It's oh, so you funny. did? It's so okay. funny. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. So we're driving, and the Beave is complaining that we're sit, we're in dead traffic after the Ranger yeah, game. Yeah, I, I was on the phone for a little bit of that. I heard that. And <laughs> when we're trying to get on the parkway, the person that let us in 
was Lyle. What? It was it was so funny. I, I'm oh, looking back. Man. I'm looking back. The, the, a girl cut us off. He's cursing. You have the beef cursing. Blah, 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 blah. He's pissed off that the Rangers lost and got shut of out course. By, the, right. by the Islanders. The Islander fans are going beep, 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 like beeping the horns, going crazy. Yep. And <laughs> I look back, and there's Lyle. He says, go ahead. And then I look at him. I'm like, Lyle, it's me. And he looks at me. He's like, hey. <laughs> Did you tell up. Josh this? Or yeah, I told okay. him. I told I was him. I said, that's, that's an incredible coincidence. I, it, it's crazy how, how so many cars, and I bump into Lyle. Getting us on the parkway. It was very funny. But, the other thing, the other thing uh, I want to mention about Barzal is, uh, in uh, you know, I'm in Mikey C's fantasy league. I oh, actually please. just, uh, I just actually just traded. Oh, you have him on bar. You I just him? traded for him because one of the guys, uh, his friend Louie, needed a goalie really badly. So oh, I have you, good. I have you say Sorrow. So Linus Lomark, the Bruins goalie, is my second goalie. So I needed a little more offense because I kept losing in shots on goal. He's going to start. Like go- he's going to start scoring. But he was still getting a lot of shots yes. on goal and assists. So I was like, all right, I'll make this work. So we. we we exchanged two other players too, and then we all. So I gave him Olmark, and then I I got Barzal. He's got to shoot so, more. Yeah. He if he shoots more, he'll score goals. So I actually ended up. I didn't have that. I I I actually just ended up with him on my team this year. I forget where he went in the draft too. He went pretty late too because he wasn't scoring. A <laughs> the lot Islanders are hot year. right now, man. But I ended up getting him. Like, all right, I need to, I need some more offense. This guy needs a goalie. I'll make it work. And it's f- so funny. Mikey sees like so mad because there's a lot. So many teams. There's so many. Teams he's mad at for making all these one-sided trades. So now he's actually like trying to actively help Louie and me. Like even if he doesn't win the league, at least one of us to win the league with me. He's so funny. A moral victory Such for a him, baby. He really is. I mean, look look at the Islanders. Look how hot the Islanders have gotten. Ever since the Panthers game, yep. they they ran all over the Rangers. They beat the Hurricanes. Yes, the Hurricanes. Back to back days. Then they beat the Avalanche. Okay, five to four. Then they beat the Blackhawks, a team that's very hot and they yeah. play very good. I mean, the and now they have the St. Louis Blues tomorrow. I mean, the Islanders are playing very good hockey and they're getting hot. Yeah. And for all the people, aka somebody over there with the, uh, you know, likes to write. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're referring to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who said that there's no way the Islanders make the playoffs? I don't know, man. Uh, this defense is starting to click. This goaltending. Is starting to click, and you know I'm talking about Mr. Sorokin. Yeah. Uh, I think that the Islanders are going to be very hard to beat. That's what I think. Uh, if you have a goaltender that can shut you out, shut an offense, or shut him down to one goal, even not even shut him out to one goal, even when you're playing a good team, shut him down to two goals. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic, and, and and I think what he has done is given the Islanders enough confidence that even if they have a two-goal lead or a one-goal lead that they can still win that game. So, if last night they were up by two, and then it was a bad, you know, a power play was a bad power play problem, and obviously in ten minutes left of the game, uh, he gives up a power play goal against Jonathan Thames. It was a good shot, uh, but I mean, that defense has played well, and and I I think that you added Romanoff. Romanoff is played; he has been better and better every single game. I think that this. This young defense is going to even figure it out even more. They did lose Kiefer Bellows in the waiver dra- the right. waivers off of waivers. He goes to Philadelphia. I didn't think the Islanders believed that they were going to lose him off of waivers, that he was going to pass through waivers. Um, obviously, Philadelphia made sure that they weren't going to keep him. Um, so that might hurt him in the long run because they want to keep Johnston. Uh, Johnson. Johnston, right? right? Johnston. Johnston. Johnston, yeah. Yes, who, who's big and he's strong and he's – 
He's evil, and that's what they need. Right. They need an evil, evil guy. They can't depend on Matty Martin to do everything, so they needed to keep a, an enforcer, right. and he's that guy. He's six foot five, and he's mean, and you don't want to fight him. Oh, he was like, he was a big like Barry Trotz favorite. There. Yeah, you don't want to fight him. Yeah. You you don't want to you don't want him on the ice. So I think that's what the Islanders wanted to make sure that when the playoffs come around, they have a mean guy that can protect the players and and make sure that if they they need him that they could put them out there and, and fight the battles against some of these more vicious teams that are right now in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so, interesting. I, I'm very excited to see what the Islanders are going to do as they move forward. This was a very hard schedule, and, and the fact that they they went through two really good teams that everybody expects to be Stanley Cup competitive teams, including the Rangers, too. They went through three. Including the comeback on Colorado, too. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to Colorado, and now they have St. Louis. They beat St. Louis tomorrow. Another favorite to to win the yeah. Stanley Cup this year. I mean, that says a lot about this team, and maybe they they're starting to, to believe in Lambert's uh, you know Lambert's game. Yeah. So uh, it's fun. I, both I, both the Islanders and Rangers are good, and I expect both teams to challenge the Eastern Conference in the Metropolitan Division. I do not believe the Pittsburgh Penguins are as good as their record shows. I, I don't. And I, I think Philadelphia will come to earth, too. But I still think Philadelphia's making the playoffs. Yeah. I do. I think Car- Carter good. Hart's everything you said that he yeah. would be mm-hmm. yesterday yeah. <laughs> against the Rangers. That was quite a goalie duel they had until the Rangers ended up winning it in overtime. Kreider had a nice uh, breakaway goal to win it in overtime. one nothing. But that was quite a duel with him and Shesterkin yesterday. Connor Hart is yeah. because I, – I don't I, – there's something about uh, – what's his name again? Um, Tortorella. Coach, Tortorella. That he makes the goaltending so much better. He he has the goaltenders believe. Connor Hart last year, this guy, his rookie season, he was one of the best goalies in the league. He was one of the best goalie prospects in a while. Yes, and then yeah. he fell off his second year and, and then fell off his third year. And now this year with... Uh, you know, a different coaching staff and everything. He's a different player. He, he's a different player, believes in himself, and that's what you expect. Look at all the goaltenders that played under him. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. All, look at Tortorella. Even the backups with the Rangers yeah. are pretty good, though. Look at all the that's... goaltenders that played under Tortorella. Right. It, it's fantastic. It, it, and that, it, that speaks everything about who he is as a head coach. So. Uh, I think the rain. I, I think the Rangers are going to be dangerous. I think the Islanders are dangerous. The Eastern Conference. I think whoever comes out of the East this year wins the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. I, I, I like Colorado, and I know a lot of people think Colorado are going to they're going to repeat. I don't. I think they're not as good as they were last year. They're just not. Yeah. They don't have the depth. They lost a couple of pieces in the offseason. That's going to hurt them. And their goaltending. It's not as good as yeah, it was last year. it's up and down to start the season. It's not but as good course, as it was last year. But, of course, Alexander Georgiev had to do enough to beat the Rangers, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. Um, Dan Schneider. Yeah. Okay. I, I have always thought Dan Schneider has been the absolute joke of the NFL. The last two years, he's been the joke. As far as ownership, yeah. the guy's an idiot. All right? The guy has not only been sexist off the field to cheerleaders, women, and all the different things that you've heard, he's been a racist. And the man is not a good person. I mean, I've heard many different stories about his, you know, his wife and his relationship. He, he is not a good person, all right? You hear this story, and, and I understand right now he's probably going to be uh, the FBI is looking into him, and I think he's going to be arrested. I think there's a lot more entailed that we don't know about Dan Schneider that is going to come out very, very soon. 
you're talking about millions of dollars of tax evasion that he has not paid. Uh, I think there's a lot that we're going to find out. And, and, and John Gruden, who has taken the brunt of this commander thing, he had nothing to do with the commanders. Nothing. He, he, he sent a couple of emails, which I believe, was he right for what he did? Was he disgusting for what he said in his emails? Absolutely. That should have never came out. When you send an email, that is confidential. Confidentiality, all right? Unless he lets somebody read it, which he didn't, that should have never hit the press. That should have never hit any circle of stories that would have put him in jeopardy of losing his job with the the uh, Oakland Raiders, a.k.a. Las Vegas Raiders. Right. And maybe he still has a job. Now, that doesn't make it right for what he did. Okay, I, And I'm not saying that being racist and saying the disgusting things that he said in email was right. But he has a lawsuit. The NFL should have, first of all, protected the the coach. They should have protected the coach. That What the NFL did was they wanted to hide the whole fact that Don, Dan Schneider was as evil and vicious as a person, as an owner that he was, because he's one of the owners. And by, by the way, the commissioner gets paid by the ownership. So yep. they were trying to protect him and throw John Gruden under the bus. Now the man's never going to get a job again. He's never going to coach again in professional football. He's never going to coach college football. Nobody's going to hire him because he's a racist. Okay? And that's what his emails are going to show. He's a racist. So he's made enough money. I'm sure John Gruden doesn't need to work ever again in his life, and neither does his kids, kids, kids. That doesn't matter. This is still a guy, what, in his late 50s? Yeah. Still has a lot of football left. He could be coaching right now, high school football or, or something. Nobody's going to hire this man. So you know what I would do if I was John Gruden? I would sue the NFL for $100 million. I would sue him for the same contract I got from Davis, the Davis family, yep. and the Oakland Raiders. Yep, that would be like a Raiders thing to do to give him that money. But again, you know, we'll see if that ends up uh, coming through. It's definitely possible now with everything that come out, especially now since the FBI is it's, involved. It's now, despicable so, what yeah. happened to John Gruden. And again, now you're, it's an intelligence agency now that you're really getting involved with this too. It's a criminal investigation. The Eastern District of Virginia's U.S. Attorney's Office that conducted this. So I agree with you. You're, I think you're going to even see more that is hidden in those types of not necessarily John Gruden's letters, but even more than might have came out too. Who knows? You know who should have been in trouble? Jay Gruden, who's a part of that organization. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he was the be. one. He's the one that should be in trouble. He's the one that was in, uh, involved in around this when it was going on. Right. Why is John Gruden getting in trouble? Mm-hmm. This man, I understand, he's a racist. No question. How many times have we heard coaches? How many times have we heard owners? How many times have we heard players? Racist. They still have jobs. Mm-hmm. And again, you're dealing with a case now, too, where because those other agencies are now getting involved, you're going to get a lot more revealed that you never thought you were going to get revealed from that. So I definitely think anybody linked the Jay Gruden. You're talking about the all the doctors that misdiagnosed these injuries, especially the one with Trent Williams, too. That was a cancer treatment. I mean, Horrible. They're, they're going to get in trouble in their own ways, too. And I'm sure he's very happy with the 49ers. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to see his career turn around the way it did. He's a Hall of Famer. With the 49ers. Absolutely a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I, he, if, if there was any doubt after he left Washington, he solidified that by being the best tackle in football last year, mm-hmm. performance-wise. 2020, he was good, too. And now, before he got hurt this year, was playing very well as well. But 
going back to Washington, like there's going to be more that stems from this. Because remember, it wasn't just the cheerleaders. There were other female employees too, just like we were talking about with the Celtics and the Nets yep. and Udoka. There were other female employees too that came out and were saying a lot of the disgusting things he was doing too. Why don't they, uh, why don't they hire Udoka to be a part of the Yeah, why not team? at this point? I mean, uh, I mean, the Nets are. I mean, <laughs> the Nets are hiring a, an absolute disgusting person. Why didn't he, why didn't he sign with two teams? He'll, he'll get yeah. paid twice. Yeah, Double the problem. How does a guy... And, and going back to this Odoka guy, how does a guy get suspended for a full season and gets a full time gets a job with another team and now is coaching back in the NBA? Because how the does Mets that are happen? dysfunctional and the Commanders are dysfunctional. So. How does that happen? Yeah, because again, I mean, ownerships do not want to get on their own. Wings. Oh man, if I was the Boston Celtics, I'm loving this. Of course, I'm loving this. We take away all the potential crap that we're going to deal with for the rest of the season, and it goes away. It goes to the Nets. Thank you. I'd be I'd be thanking Sean Marks. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking this crap away from us. I mean, it's 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 a joke. And they're still winning. The Celtics are still winning. Yeah, they're and, still in third place. And again, you're you're going back to you were just saying with bad ownerships too. Like this is what some, these organizations and these leagues should be tracking yeah. down on. Yet Roger Goodell decided to bat a Please. blind eye to it forever. What a too. moron! And now it has to take the FBI to get involved, and the who knows what other intelligence agencies could be involved next. And this is a, now a criminal oper a criminal investigation. And and Roger Goodell, if he knows anything about it, it should be pushed on to him too. Yeah. Uh-huh, but they won't because it's the NFL, but... Yeah, because yeah. they're a multi-billion dollar industry that gets away with everything. Uh-huh. I mean, they can they, they can threaten uh, a doctor because he's trying to help CTE and trying to help these players survive and live their normal lives after football, but the NFL tries to throw him under the bus and try to ruin his career. And it's okay. It's okay when the NFL tries to do that. If there's any other person or any other organization, not professional sports organization, that do that, uh, they, they, they could go to bankruptcy and something like that. It's it's just it's horrific. It's it's crap. And the NFL needs to step forward and they need to if if they if they don't want to protect the the brand, protect who they are as normal people. Yeah. On and off the field. And again, there's just so much mess going on between all these financial investigations too like you were saying it could be a, a tax of tax hit that could end up being with with Snyder financial impropriety they were he was getting funds from season ticket holders and keeping it for himself too <laughs> like there's how does a billionaire do that yeah so you have all you have all that all these all these fans <laughs> all these what is he thinking I mean and, and they get a lot of attendance too because they get a lot of because of tourism because of DC they they get a lot of road road teams too like he's getting money from all that too and yet they can't fix the field. There was the whole issue last year with Jalen Hurts last year complaining about the field and rightfully so. And look at all the players that have had major injuries on that field too. A lot of top players with the, with Washington over the years are injury prone because of that. Obviously the most gruesome one being Alex Smith with that leg injury that yep. threatened his life too. But look at all the other ones too. Somebody like Jordan Reed who was a very good player mm -hmm. kept getting hurt. Clinton Portis at the end of his career was very good. Kept getting hurt. Like They have so many top players that just have so many injury issues because of that field too. Yet now they dance Snyder wants to keep the money for himself. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I definitely agree that there's going to be a lot more than what we even know right now that could be investigated now that the FBI is involved, too. This is absolutely despicable, all the stuff Snyder's done. All the trades uh, at the trade deadline, fantastic. It, it really opens up what the NFL is trying to do now. Yep. And and they're try this was the, the, the biggest, well, the most 
uh, trades on a trade deadline to happen. It really is. And uh, it's fantastic when you see that because now you can see other teams transition and, and look towards the future or look towards this year where they can compete. I mean, the Christian McCaffrey move could really change everything for the 49ers. Maybe, you know, obviously the Robinson move, losing Brees Hall could help the Jets make the playoffs. How about uh, Bradley Chubb and a, and a fifth-round draft pick? Pick, I'm sorry, uh, going to going to the Dolphins yeah. for Chase Edmonds, uh, a 2023 first round draft pick and a 2024 fourth round draft pick. I, I think that that explains it all. Now, I honestly believe that the Broncos won this trade. I, I really do because a first round draft pick could really sit well for a team like the 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 Broncos that lost all their picks for Russell Wilson. Right. I mean, they have. This is I, is this their first draft pick? Is this their only draft pick? In now the, uh, this is the last one. This is the last one they would have lost at the first round pick. So they also had the other picks that were lost too, like the third and the fifth or whatever. Right. And, and remember, they also traded away two players too, Harris and Fonts went right. to Seattle too. So they're trying to fix up the the problem that they made themselves with the whole Russell Wilson thing, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Broncos this year. It looks like uh, they live to see another day. <laughs> uh, coming back in that game against the Jaguars in England, but uh, that's not enough. And and if you're going to sell me, that's what we paid Russell Wilson in the offseason, $250 million, and that's what you do against a Jaguars team that honestly has not played well, uh, that is embarrassing, okay? It, it really is because they are better than the Jaguars. Yeah. They are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that now Bradley Chubb is gone, and to lose an offensive lineman, I mean a defensive lineman like that, one of the better defensive linemen in the AFC for and going to a Dolphins team. The Dolphins are definitely better, you know, being that they added a Bradley Chubb. Now, they need a pass rusher, so they get one. Uh, giving up a first-round draft. Remember, they lost their other first-round draft Right, pick. this is the 49ers pick. Yeah, yeah. so they lose. They lost their other first-round draft pick because of ownership, because <laughs> how stupid he is yeah. and how dopey he is. Now, could you imagine have gotten they've received Bradley Chubb and they had another first round draft pick? Then they're winning in every category. Now you're going into the offseason. If Bradley Chubb doesn't work, and let's say the Jets are just a better team, and the Bills are the better team, or the Patriots are a better team than you, and you don't make the playoffs, that's a lost trade. That's well, yeah. a bad trade. Now, the good thing with the Dolphins is it is good to see them actually finally go for younger defensive players that are actually more controllable. How many times have we mocked them over the years for going after free agents all the time that were past their prime, especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the front seven? So this is a guy, assuming they do end up signing him, that they they could have for a long time. And why do they have to add another running back? I mean, the the Broncos have enough problems with their running back position. I mean, they have Williams. They have um, Melvin Melvin Gordon, Gordon, who was complaining that he wasn't going to. Now they add Chase Edmonds. Does that make Makes sense. They're they're looking for the running back redemption tour, and as somebody that uh, was very wrong on Chase Edmonds for fantasy, he's had a terrible year, and so is Melvin Gordon. So they're looking for uh, they're looking for to get some kind of spark out of him. And then the Dolphins uh, traded back uh, for yep. Jeff Wilson too, which I thought was a pretty good deal considering that too. Mm-hmm. Gives uh, Raheem Mostert, who's pretty injury prone, a good insurance policy and his own ex Forty ers Well, you know why they did that. You McDaniel, know why? Yeah. Yes, uh, obviously they. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and all that other stuff. They 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 didn't need uh, Wilson there anymore. Wilson has had a pretty good season when he did play, uh, but they they have other pieces. And now McCaffrey and when 
Uh, what's his name again? Comes back. Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. They don't need him. Right. So uh, he's a young prospect. He's a young, good player. And, and maybe it benefits the Dolphins that they get another running back. They're going to need it against the Jets, especially the last time they played the Jets and the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. So uh, Roquan Smith goes to the Baltimore Ravens. I think this was very surprising. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Roquan Smith is worth a first-round draft pick. This is this is one of the best linebackers in football, and everybody knew that he was going to be traded. But to for the Baltimore Ravens to just give up a second and a fifth, and AJ Klein, that was a they stole Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. Value wise, yeah. Now the one thing I am surprised they're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, that they they will have to pay him. Now the other thing I'm surprised about with the Ravens though is I thought they needed an edge rusher more than they needed a more than an inside linebacker because Patrick Queen's a good young linebacker too, who they're going to have to pay next year as well because it, it's the fourth year of his rookie contract. And the Ravens need that a lot more with their edge rushing outside. I'm surprised they didn't push harder for Chubb or Brian Burns too, mm-hmm. who did not get get dealt from Carolina. That that would have been their biggest thing. Now they do get David Ajabo back, their rookie, but again, is he going to be impactful right away? Is another question too. Jason Away has been all right, which is fine, but again, as a young pass rusher, but everyone else is old on that team. You got mm-hmm. GPP. Justin Houston's played well the last couple of games, but again, are you going to trust him to do it all season? I thought they would needed to push for that more, but I, you're right. The value for Roquan Smith that they got was good. I think that'll work. Minnesota gets TJ Hawkinson. I, I think they needed a tight end and somebody, uh, another weapon to add to uh, a guy like Cousins who, listen, it's been the Jefferson show all season long. Right. It's been it feeling feeling hasn't been 100 percent healthy, but Adam Thielen should see the ball more. And now they're adding T.J. Hawkinson. I'm interested to see. Obviously, leading leaving a team like the Lions, a team that really didn't use him right. Now you're adding a, a weapon, a young weapon like this. T.J. going to a Minnesota team that's one of the favorites coming out of the NFC. This might benefit, but you gave up a lot for T.J. Hawkinson. I I I don't know how good Hawkinson is. Uh, we've seen him. He was a first round talent a couple of years ago. Yeah. He really hasn't developed. I know it's been on the lines, but he really hasn't developed. You have you gave up a 2023 uh, second round and a 2024 third round. That's a lot to give up for a tight end. I mean, he's not the he's not amongst the league's best tight ends. I mean, yeah, he's probably like a lower end. I would have given up a third round draft pick at best. Yeah, the the third round draft pick is conditional actually that it could actually become a fourth, believe it or not, which is weird. So, I guess the Vikings could get it work in that direction if they win a playoff game was the incentive of that. So, they might even get better value, but even if he's not the receiver, at least he's a really good blocker though. That'll help that team because mm. Kevin O'Connell like Sean McVay scheme doesn't use the tight ends a lot. So, I don't know if he's going to be like the amazingly big leap receiver, but he's had a better year for his standards receiving wise this year. 395 yards, three touchdowns. He's been uh, better for his standards, but that's really it right now. Uh, before we go to the next trade, I have mm-hmm. read some comments from Keith Rooney. Mm-hmm. Keith Rooney says the Broncos are done. Uh, great boom, great move by Miami, and Miami is going to be in the playoffs. I don't know about that, Keith. I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say that they will. I think Miami, the, the AFC East is so strong right now. We don't know. We don't know what the Jets are going to be after this Buffalo game. A lot of the Jets, it, it's very. I listened to Joe Douglas in his his meeting uh, after the after the trade deadline. They believe they can win this game this week if somehow the Jets and the Jets are uh, they're twelve points non favorites in this game. They're sense, they're yeah. they're the. 
people are expecting the Jets to lose 12 or more points in this game. If the Jets somehow keep it close and they win this game and go into their bye week 6-2, and two, I mean 6-3, and three, right? 6-3? and three? Uh, Yes. 6-3. Uh, and three. Yep. I, I mean, there's no guarantees that Miami's going to make the playoffs. I, New England's not this bad. Okay, I really don't. I think the Jets are better than them. I don't know if Miami is, and I don't know how good Miami is on paper. Even they added Chubb, they still have deficiencies on that offensive line. You saw it, and and against even the Jets, the Jets figured it out yeah. how how they can get to the quarterback. I know it's not Tua, but it's still you, you can still figure out what their weaknesses is and attack the weaknesses. Right. So quarterback play was not the reason they lost to the Jets. They, they, no, I don't think Tua makes up the twenty-three points or whatever that deficit was. I'm not saying the Jets will win, Keith. Nobody's saying that they yeah. will. I, I'm saying that if the Jets do cover. win, if the Jets do win, they're six and three. That's it. I mean, honestly, that's what they, they were. The the Miami Dolphins were lucky they won the game against the Lions. They were down by what? What was it? Seventeen nothing. They were down fourteen nothing. They they came back and at one point they were down twenty eight to fourteen and they were and they came back. So to say, who did they beat? Who did the Dolphins beat so far? Now the good thing with the Dolphins is Baltimore. Yeah, they're not that good. Well, yeah. The the, the good thing with the Dolphins is. Now, the offensive line, yeah, they're definitely going to have to patch that kind of thing together. But they, you've definitely seen the coaching be able to make some adjustments and stay close in those other games, too. And they've gotten some of their hard games. Not all of them, but some of their hard games out of the way, though, too. Like the Ravens, the Bengals were thought it was supposed to be a hard game. Now, they're not great right now either. But Minnesota, they're done with. And one meeting with Buffalo that they already won, which you predicted, yep. they are done with as well. So there's not a lot of extremely hard games left for them. So I've, got some, does... crazy, I've got some crazy predictions this week, uh-huh. too. And that might bode well for a schedule advantage over a team like the Bengals or a team like the Chargers that might have a harder schedule remaining, even if it's not in the AFC, just for the wild card. And nobody's saying that Bradley Chubb wasn't a good move. I'm just thinking, you know, in the long run, I think they gave up too much. Well, they have to lock him up, yeah. Yeah. If you're you're spending a first-round pick that you don't have much of, you have to lock him up. You have to. Are they going to? Right. That's the question. And there are other teams that are, unless they franchise them, I mean, there are other teams that will absolutely make a move for Bradley Chubb in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just a rental for this year. I mean, it could yeah, be. Yeah, if you're spending a first-round pick on a rental, you got another thing coming. <laughs> we'll see. Not that Chris Greer is the brightest GM in the world, but he's made some good use of getting these uh, top players in with mm. these other picks. We'll Kadarius Tony goes uh, from the Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Giants get a third and a sixth. I, I mean... We don't know what Kadarius Tony is. I do. I think he's worth more. I do. I think Kadarius Tony should have got, should have made the Giants a second round draft pick. That's what I think. I mean, again, uh, when you look at some of the other moves and 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 some of the other other wide receiver moves that we saw, I, I mean, I think it was should have been more. As far as the Jets are concerned, they added Jacob. They sent Jacob Martin. And a 2024 fifth-round draft pick to the Broncos for a 2024 fourth-round draft pick. I understand what Joe Douglas is doing. And and it's very simple. He's stocking up on picks. That's what he's doing. Because being that you have two fourth-round draft picks in 2024, you can actually make a trade in next year's uh, you know regular season if you need something. Or in the offseason, trade away one or even those two fourth-round draft picks to move up in this year's draft to the second round or something like that where they can get a player that they really, really like. So I understand what Joe Douglas is doing. I, I think... The Jets are moving in a very good position right now because 
they didn't expect going even going into their bye week where they could be five and four. Nobody thought that, including the Jets. Right. Okay. They didn't. And I don't want to hear it any from any Jet fans. You didn't think they were going to be five and four. The Jets, with their second half, they could really win ten games. And if they win ten games, ten games, they're making the playoffs. Right. So if that happens, they make the playoffs. And with their health, with that offensive line, with Font and Max Mitchell coming back this week, and Font coming back after the bye week, I mean, the offensive line could be definitely from the depleted line that they have from losing Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Beckham uh, in the beginning of the season. I, it could very much be the strong part of this offense. So we'll see what happens. We don't know. And I, Keith Rooney is not a Jet fan. He's a Giant fan, so he doesn't like the Jets. So I would expect Keith to attack the Jets. So it's it's fine. I don't care. It is. It just I I think it's very very funny. By the way, Jonathan Hankins, who you like, Speedy goes. Yes, I do. Uh, goes to the Cowboys. So Robert Quinn, I think this was a great move great for the move. Eagles. It's yeah. it's not the Eagles are they have so much draft stock and they have so much uh, wiggle room right now. <laughs> they're they're as good going in the off season, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, which they're probably favorites of winning or one of the favorites. They're going to be really, really good next year, too. I mean, having two first-round draft picks, you're going to have a top-ten pick, possibly. Yeah. Having the Saints pick, I mean, this is it makes you want to throw up how yeah, good they Yeah, that could be. be a pick that a lot of quarterback-needy teams might want to trade for. You might get a haul back. A huge haul back, and yeah. I could see them trading it. They don't need right. – they don't really need those two first-round draft picks this year. They can rebuild their team for years to come. It's it's crazy. It really is. We always talk about Howie Roseman over the years. They go after extra defensive linemen and linebackers a lot of the time when they don't need them. This is, I think, the first year with the Derek Barnett injury and Brandon Graham kind of not limited, but just older, so he's on more of a snap count, that they actually could use somebody like this, even I, though Quinn's very, older, too. Very interesting that the Calvin Ridley thing. Calvin Ridley's out for the season. The Jaguars need a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Falcons trade him away for a fifth and a fourth. I think they were robbed. Fourth could become a second, though, if he had – I forget the number. I think he has over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. And he like will. That. Yeah. And he will. Calvin Ridley's one of the more uh, – he did bet on football. Ironically, against the Jaguars. That's the funny part. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is now Trevor Lawrence has him, not only Christian Kirk next year, he's going to have himself Calvin Ridley. I mean, they're going to be very explosive next An year. An actual number one receiver, yes. not Christian Kirk. I, I, I like Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yeah. He was a guy that I wanted the Jets to go after in mm-hmm. the offseason. Uh, after this problem, uh, he kind of fell off of everybody's radar. But uh, right. not to the Jaguars because they'll, they'll have him next year. And I, I think that was a great move for them. I think they robbed him from the Falcons. Um, and, and then Chase Claypool, which I think was a good move for for the Bears, they need a number one. I, I don't know if he's a number one. I think he's more yeah, of a number two. At least it's something they don't have, though. They don't really have a big body receiver. Well, they need something to help Justin Fields. Of course. Them, they don't have a guy that's speed and, and that can go up there and get the ball. Right. They have a lot of tight ends, but that's it. Yeah, really, so, they're only trustworthy receiver, but he's not really a number one because he's undersized as Darnell Mooney. But now they have a big guy to complement that. Yeah. At least that's something. And they'll draft somebody. They should. Yeah. And and they're, the Bears, I actually saw, they're going to have like double the amount of salary cap space of yeah. the next highest team. They're going to have like $115 million next year. They're going to have a lot of spending money, and if Justin Fields is a guy, which it seems like he is now, um, 
they can build around him. Right. And I, I think they have a very good chance of being really, really good. Listen, they have already won four games, three games? Four games. Four games. Oh, no, three games, you're right. If they would have won three, this week, it would have been four games. They've won three games. Nobody in their mother thought they were going to win three games. Especially against the 49ers. <laughs> Nobody. They beat the 49ers, and they beat the Patriots. Right. They they beat some good teams. And if they win five, six games this year, that's a that's a plus when you have no wide receivers. And you just traded Roquan Smith, your best defensive player. And you traded Khalil Mack a couple of years ago or two years ago. Uh, and everybody was like, cra- you know, going crazy when you did yeah. that. Uh-huh. I mean, it's 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 really, it's pretty amazing. It it, it really is. It's been very impressive uh, what they have done. We've so. seen a lot of teams though, which is good. I think a lot of those surprise teams. Eberflus slash- is a better coach than his own. Uh, his own coach over there yeah. in Indianapolis, who I, who I did like at the time, but I, I didn't think he was going to be this good right away. I, I remember I wanted, the, I wanted it, when the Giants hired Joe Judge, I wanted Eric Bieniemy as my main guy. But if they wanted a defensive guy, I actually wanted Everflus at that time. Too, He's been great of what he was creatively with the Colts, and you've seen them do that with the Bears too. Now, offensively too, yeah. And they, this is a team that still has had their issues with the run. But look at all the defensive players they lost from the 2018 team too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ver- veteran guys too. And Quinn was a guy that had a nice year last year, but was really struggling. Uh, beyond that, and he made it work this year and ended up getting some level of a trade value to get back for him. But the Bears, the Falcons, and I think the Jets, too, all three of those teams were kind of those fringe contenders that the Jets are probably more than that now because they're 5-3. and three, But are, like, you watching, are you watching this game right now? Oh, bases loaded. Phil- Philadelphia is getting no hit right now. Oh, wow. Damn. I didn't even realize that. They're getting no hit. It's 0-0. Bases loaded. How many outs? No outs. No outs right now. Bases loaded. Wow. If he somehow gets out of this, this will be amazing. Oh, Jose Alvarado. Oh, And, and he... now he just hit somebody. <laughs> it's oh, a he goes. Run right there. Well, that's not ideal. I mean, obviously you want to pitch around Alvarez a little bit, but not like that. I don't think he meant to hit him. No, I know that. I'm kidding. But, yeah, it seemed like they – but going back to those three teams, it seemed like they did a good job not being too, like, over-aggressive but also made good trades too. The Falcons got a good value for cornerback Rashad Fenton too in addition to Ridley as well, who they can get a second-round pick off of if he plays well with Jacksonville. And Speeder the, the Peter. And the Bears definitely looking like they're headed in the right direction too with all that money that they have. And the Jets, we know what Douglas does well. Drafts very well. He does. Yeah. Yes, he does. And I expect him – I expect him to be on top of everything this year, even though he doesn't have two first-round draft picks. I expect him to do very well this year, wherever the Jets fall, wherever it happens to fall. I think it will be late teens, early 20s. I think that's where the Jets draft. Um, But I think he'll get the value of wherever he drafts. I expect that. and. You can see what he did this year, and you see what he did the year before that. Uh, Elijah Moore looks like he's a bust, but... Uh, I, Elijah Moore is disgusting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not I didn't even realize he was condoning all that. Oh, he's so. disgusting. Oh he's a disgusting person. He really is. Um, that anti-Semitic crap it, it should not be allowed in, in professional sports. Yeah. Just like, uh, obviously, racism and stuff like that. Anti-Semitic attacks is disgusting. And everybody's going to say, well, Kyrie Irving didn't anti-Semitic attack anybody. Yes, he did. The fact that he likes the fact that... that, that Anything that he saw and he read and promoted and promoted, I mean, is is to me anti-Semitic and racist. So for for a black man, okay, and that's what he is. He's an African African American man, and seeing what has happened over the last three or four years to uh, disturbing disturbing things happen to African American women and men, you should sit back and realize that. The same thing 
in slavery. Same thing happened at the Holocaust uh, to the Jews. Yeah. And it, it, it's it, four million people were murdered, right. murdered because they were Jews. Correct. That's it. It's the biggest tragedy in human history. They were murdered because they were Jewish. That by itself is disgusting. And, and, and to sit here and say that it, that you're promoting it and that some people saying it's never happened, it, it's disgusting. Yeah. Didn't, uh, who was it? Deshaun Jackson had something with that too? Or don't even get me, don't yeah, get me started know, with I know, him. I know. It's just disgusting. Don't get me started with him. Yeah. It's disgusting. I, I, he's another disgraceful person. So. Yeah. Uh, Keith Rooney also saying uh, he's mentally ill, really mm-hmm. sick insanity. Yeah. That's pretty much the way to describe it. Sick is not the word. Um, What's the best way to put it's disturbing. Kyrie Irving? Disturbing. That's you know how he thinks that the earth is flat? His yeah. brain is flat. The man should have never went to Duke. That man should never be – had never been drafted into the NBA. The man needs help. He, I don't care what anybody says. That man is – there's no spirit inside of him. He is a, a – de- there's a demon in him. He's a disgusting person. Yeah. He really is. And and to sit here and and condone anybody condone what he said or what he believes is despicable. He's a despicable person, and he shouldn't be allowed to talk anymore. He should be a mute in professional sports. Yes, nobody should let that man speak. And Twitter should cancel his Twitter feed right now. Come on, Elon Musk, do something right for once. Is he on Twitter now? Uh, he's apparently in the starting phases of it, and he's uh, he's being stupid and making people pay eight dollars or something for verification or something, which is stupid. But that's another story. But yeah, it's I'll pay eight dollars for a verification. Yeah, I I think I don't no, I think it's like more than that. It's like eight dollars a month or something for verification. Ah, stupid. Jake Asman's gonna have to pay verification. <laughs> but, yeah, I, the verification's that like that check or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the blue check mark. <laughs> You're gonna have to pay for it now, which is just uh, that's great. I feel, I, think bad they should. Pe- I feel bad for people trying to get verified, though. Uh, they deserve it, and they're just not going to be able to because of Elon Musk. But, yes, I agree with you. Why? 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 Elon, why? What do you mean? Why? What is Elon Musk doing to them that they can't maybe like, verify? They make, make, like, I feel like there's a lot of people fighting for it to get verified, and they just can't, they just can't do it. Like, why? And it seems, because I, I, they keep rejecting him, Twitter, whatever the past. I know. I was one of them. They rejected yeah, me. and I feel bad for people like you trying to do that that deserve I, it. I should be verified. I agree. <laughs> and, and I'm not getting verified. Yeah. You know? I, I should reach out to Elon. I should but, tell him. But yes, Elon, Elon, Elon Musk, multi- for the good of everybody, ban Kyrie Irving from Twitter, for the love of God. He's going to be a trillionaire before you, know, before you know it. This guy will be the first trillionaire. Elon Musk will be the first trillionaire. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And do the right thing and ban Kyrie Irving from Twitter, for the love of God. Do something with him. Yeah. I mean... Send him a picture of himself getting, you know, reamed in the you-know-what or something like that and, and have it, you know, be his picture or something. He's yeah. a disgusting person. Absolutely. He, he's a despicable person and to sit here and tell us that it's okay for what he's done. Yep. He, he, he is the epiphany of what the NBA, NBA needs to, to get rid of, okay? Yeah. For a league that's supposed to pride itself on diversity, and yet they have this moron saying the things that he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith says dark and disturbed. Yeah, dark and disturbed. I mean, that's that's being nice. That's being nice. Absolutely. <laughs> that's being nice. I mean, dark and disturbed is is just. How about just being complete ass? Uh, yeah. Dirtbag. Yeah. That's what he is, and he just needs to take his ninety to one hundred million dollars and get out of the NBA. He doesn't belong there. 
Twitter is looking to charge twenty dollars for. Yeah, that was the initial rumor. Wow. I think he's getting it down to eight. Do it. Do it to twenty. I want to see all the guys that have it, people that shouldn't have it, have to pay for it. There okay. are guys right now in the industry that have verifications that should not be verified. They okay. shouldn't be verified. That's fair. And they're, what they're, how they're verifying that they they have fourteen or fifteen thousand followers. Let's be honest, and they're not real followers. Uh, okay. Okay, and and I know that because I go through their following, and they, they don't. Some of the guys don't even exist, or women don't exist, mm-hmm. or they have like they follow fourteen people, and they have nobody following them. That that right. tells me that's a robot. Yep. And 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 when you see different people have that, it shows you that they're doing something, and they're cheating, and that, that that's not right. Yeah. Just because you want a, a good following so you have other people, you have athletes and people wanting to in, you know, interview with you or make it seem like you're bigger than what you really are. It's, it's despicable. Twitter is the only thing that I have on social media. I don't even have Instagram because somebody robbed me on my Instagram. Right. Yeah. So I use our Worldwide Sports Radio Instagram whenever I go on it. I only have Twitter. And I have almost 5,000 people that follow it. They're legitimate yeah. 5,000 people that follow me. Okay? Legitimate. They're real, okay? So uh, to sit here and and look at other people that have more than me, they have like 10,000 more followers than me, and I'm like, how the hell you have 10,000 more followers than me? I mean, what are you doing? Oh, wait, because you're on this company, you're playing, you have a radio show on this company, or you have a radio show on that company. That don't mean nothing. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. Uh, So we got, we have nine minutes. Do you think we can get through all... Of the recap of the yeah, game. Yeah, we could just do a quick, quick okay, recap. Let's do it. Quick recap. Let's do it. All right, Speedy. Go ahead. Give it to it. All right. London game. Broncos, Jaguars. Well, Broncos win ugly, but have fun with Nathaniel Hackett. Try to keep your job the rest of the year. But, yeah, that was at least a little bit better from what they're showing. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's not looking better. He's still turning the ball over a What's ton. going on, man? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the Jaguars, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to laugh because I like Trevor Lawrence, and I know every Jet fan wanted him, but he's – honestly, Zach Wilson's looked better than him. Not by much, but he, he looked better than him. And Justin Fields has looked the best as far as I'm concerned in that draft class. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. And, and I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is going to be fired at the end of the season. I think they'll keep him. I think they'll keep him throughout the season, and they'll have to discuss – at the end of the season, if he belongs there with the Broncos or they decide to part ways and bring in another head coach. So we'll see what happens. they got to keep winning. So uh, that's all i got to say about it. All right, Panthers, Falcons. Falcons winning it in overtime, 37-34. Ex-Jets wow. kicker Eddie Pinero misses the game-winning extra point and then misses a field goal in overtime. I think it was like a 33-yard field goal in overtime. <sighs> and then DJ Moore not helping the cause either by taking his helmet off after he made that nice catch to tie the game. So a little bit of lack of discipline hurting the Panthers. But the Falcons, they continue to be pesky, and they're getting your boy Kyle Pitts involved. Oh, thank God, finally. But uh, also Marcus Mariota. He's really showing you why they believe he could be a starting quarterback. And he threw two interceptions. He made some mistakes, but he did a lot of good things right to get this team into overtime and help them win. So, uh, yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, you were right about this one. The Cowboys blowing out the Bears by a final of 49-29. to 29. Told you that. Yeah, and I'll take the Very L confident. on my uh, Tony Pollard take. I didn't think he could run the way he did for a consistency. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, a lot of big I plays. picked him up. I picked Tony Pollard up. In my uh, Trey League, uh, in the Trey, oh. 
and he gave me three touchdowns. Nice. Yeah, so. Oh, you know what's funny, by the way? Uh, Clarence hasn't won a In my version of it, Clarence hasn't won a game yet. It's hilarious. He's always right the, the, the points. The point it's, system, stupid. it's terrible. It's stupid. It's terrible. It's stupid. It's I, terrible. I, I do not get it. To it. I can't judge it. Like, I have to literally parallelize a. Uh, how how would this guy score in a regular league to judge it? But yeah, it's so, so stupid. I'm looking at my team and I'm like, how the hell am I losing? You yeah, know? it's so stupid the way the scoring works. But I'm five and three right now. But it's funny, just Clarence is zero and eight. But yeah, Tony Pollard, he, he proved himself. He could be a number one running back. Uh, Jerry Jones, you might have to reconsider what you're saying about him. Yeah, well, I uh, listen. Dak Prescott knows what he's doing. Okay, that that's it. I, I think Dak Prescott's a lot better than people think he is, and uh, he is going to be the piece that's going to help this team possibly move forward into the playoffs. I I, I like what I see with Chicago. I think Justin Fields is every single week has been better, and, and that's what you want to see a young quarterback, a second-year quarterback. So, uh, very impressed with Chicago, even more impressed with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. All right, Miami knocks off Detroit 31-27. They didn't get much of a running game in this one. The first bad game for Raheem Mostert in a while, but their passing game is still very strong against a really bad line secondary, but you could see, tell why they traded for Bradley Chubb. They needed some help in that front seven. They barely got any pressure on those running backs and Jared Goff, who had a pretty good game in the first half, kind of died out in the second half, and Miami was able to come back and hold on to win. Yeah, I, I listen. I, I sit back and I, I'm, I'm wondering how Miami fell behind as much as they did in that game. I, I have no idea how you're losing against a, 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 a Lions team. Yes, they have weapons. Brown looks like he's a star. Swift, he's a great running back. But I don't know what Dan Campbell's doing. I don't, I don't know if he's going to have a job at the end of the season. And, and Jared Goff, in the last two or three weeks, has not looked good. So... The fact that they had an early lead and then you had to come back. Tua played a very good game in the second half, and uh, they have weapons, and that's why they are where they are. So there you go. All right, Minnesota knocks off the Arizona Cardinals, thirty-four to twenty-six. About a, about a game that I thought I had thirty-one twenty-three, and very similar the way it ended up. Justin Jefferson, a nice game. I think uh, the Cardinals did a good job being able to spread the ball around with the receivers, but you could tell two things: their running game really didn't get going, and the red zone offense continues to be an issue. Cliff Kingsbury, what are you doing with your play call? And he's not getting fired either. Yeah, and soon. yeah, because he like like we were saying, he got extended too, so he's going to get another year of leeway too. So they move the ball nicely, but they. Couldn't able to do it, and DeAndre Hopkins looks like a top ten receiver again, which is good to say. Astros up five to nothing, by the way. Wow, so it's crazy man! What a fifth inning. It's going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> this series could go seven. It really could. Uh, Keith Rooney also says Arizona huge disappointment. Oh, and they're Detroit, huge disappointment. And Detroit is better than their record. They looked that way for a while. No, not, not showing it anymore. Keith, they're not. Uh, Detroit is not better. Their defense is horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. Worst in the league right now. And Hutchinson, who everybody thought was going to be a star, his first two games, fantastic. He has been absolutely putrid the last three weeks. So that tells you a lot about, you know, development. Now, we'll see what he turns out to be. He still could be fantastic. We'll see. But uh, he's not winning Defensive Player of the Year. I can tell you that right now. It looks like it's going to sauce uh, for Rookie Defensive of the Year. We'll see if he can stay healthy and play for the rest of the year. But, uh, listen, Minnesota's the better team. They, they, they have been one of the favorites. Uh, a lot of people picked Minnesota to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Some people have them on their list. Uh, I like the weapons. I think they used Jefferson a little too much. They got to use Adam Thielen. And now that they have TJ Hawkinson, I expect them to use a little bit of that. And, and by the way, I have Dalvin Cook. Who yeah. uh, who's pretty damn good. good? He had a nice game, but he only got I think twelve carries. I, I, I said good. I said gook. Yeah. <laughs> Dalvin Gook. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think Minnesota is. Everywhere they expected to be. 
All right, the Saints shutting out the Raiders 24-0. Welcome back, Alvin Kamara. What a game he had. Uh, fortunately, lost the fantasy matchup. Another heartbreaker. I have on my other fantasy. Yeah, uh, Gina has her in at 42 points. I lost a heartbreaker. Thank you, Frank Reich, as well, for messing that up. Gina, for... could you imagine her team? I would have won. If the... Michael Pittman's a yard short. Then they don't run with Taylor. She has Hines. She gets the touchdown. She's so lucky. Oh She's very God. lucky. She's very lucky every week. I, I got to give it. She's better than the Beef, that's for sure. <laughs> I know, but like, I lost by like a little less than twelve. That's a difference. That's a touchdown swing. Her team is definitely better oh than the Beavs. God, Mike, yeah. uh, Mike Colts definitely not helping. But yeah, Alvin Kamara with his yeah. first really big game of the season too, and Josh McDaniels arguably with the worst game plan I ever saw of the season. Devontae Adams only got targeted twice in that game. I picked Vegas. I thought they were going to win. I, I, the fact that they got shut out. I mean, I, there's a lot to do with Josh McDaniels. I, I don't know what's going on over there. Josh McDaniels could be looking for another job at the yeah. end of the season. I mean, how could you go with the season that you, you expected to have with all the weapons that you brought in? And with, you have Waller and Renfro and obviously Adams. You have all these weapons and Jacobs, and you can't score? That, that's embarrassing. I had to drop Renfro because he was so bad. Uh, next game, the uh, we talked about the Jets already. Uh, Steelers, Eagles, uh, 35 to 13. Not really much. There's to talk nothing about to talk about there. Uh, Titans. Domination. Oh. Actually, before we get into that, uh, we got the Beav calling. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Beav, you're on. Your team is not better than my team, so you're on crack. <laughs> Whose team? Speedy's team. No, no, no. I didn't say my team. G she said Gina's team. Gina's team? Her team's not that Gina better beat than me, mine. but I should. But I, again, if, <laughs> if if my team was healthy, I'd be I'd be in first place. I'd be undefeated. <laughs> yes, it says every fantasy player but ever who's all, had a team hurt. All, all, all undefeated. My receivers, all my yeah, top you're one of I think uh, two hundred thirty thousand people making that excuse. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's not an excuse. It's the damn truth. I always get screwed every year. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, none of my. Well, you know, it's like it's, it's like screwing your mom. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you officially hit uh, that level of. <laughs> you know, those big floppy, you know what, hanging out, flopping around. <laughs> what do you say, Speedy? Are you going to get back on that? No, I'm just going to be annoyed at it as always. <laughs> but, Beeve, you're complaining about something that 250,000 people complain about playing fantasy football every year. No. You're not the only one. <laughs> My team is stacked, and, and if they weren't hurt, I'd be. I have injuries place. too, and I, I have a lot of yeah, injuries. Yeah, but not as bad as me. I have a lot of injuries. I, I last have... year, last year you had more. Injuries oh yeah, but team. this year I, I lost. I lost three good players. I, I, you yeah, should see. Lost... Should see my basketball league that they my friend suckered me into. Suckered me oh. in. I didn't even know the rules, and I and I have like six players injured. Six. Six That's players injured. That's a lot of Yeah, a lot. there's no way I'm winning. I've lost the, the first three weeks. I've been completely demolished, okay? I have That's no rebounders, no nothing. It's horrible. I, and my friend's laughing to the bank because he's in first place and I'm second to last. And Justin's laughing, laughing right to the, you know, right, right to the bank because he suckered me in. Didn't even tell me the rules of the, the league until I picked my team. How <laughs> interesting. And then, you know what he tells me? He says, well, you know, I've never played in a fantasy league with you, so now I know how, how good you are. I say, how about you tell me the rules before I pick you, idiot? <laughs> so he's... Well, oh, his, his, his interesting story. Mm -hmm. my, my friend, he's a Ranger fan. Mm -hmm. He told me today that the Islanders are going to be making the playoffs, and I still disagree with him. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, I, not only do I think they make the playoffs, I, I, I think they can absolutely a top three seed. That's how. That's how... 
I, I don't know if you're watching the Islanders, but they're they're gaining. I will confidence. say one thing with the Islanders: I do I do like the way Sor- uh, Sorokin is playing as a goalie for that team. If he stays healthy, and they keep him healthy, they're going to win a lot of you games. Know, to me, with the Islanders, they don't have any goal scorers. They can't put the puck in the net. I don't know, man. They've been scoring a lot of goals the last couple of games. I mean, right oh. now, it, I I don't know where. Let me let me just pull up the numbers right now because. It'll, it'll, it it'll can explain everything about where the Islanders are with their goal scoring. Uh, while you do that, I'll just yeah. update you on the on the baseball game. Uh, Alvarez, we saw, got hit by a pitch. Bregman got a two-run double. And then uh, Kyle Tucker and Gurriel back-to-back RBI hits. All right. All right. Yeah, five up in Houston. Yep. So. All right. The Rangers have th- 32 goals and 31 goals against. The Islanders have... 36 goals and 25 goals against. I, I think the Islanders score more goals than the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, actually, well, actually, the Islanders are second in goal scoring in the Metropolitan Division. That's pretty good, right? They're scoring. I'm just saying, the Islanders are second in the Metropolitan Division in goal scoring. They are second. And they are, they're, in, they're tied in first in goals against. So that just tells the Islanders are playing great hockey right now. They they are playing great hockey. Oh, anybody that thought that the Devils would be in first place in the Metropolitan Division right now? Uh, I I mean, yeah, I I do. I think that the Islanders are. Look who they've beat in the last four, three games, four games. Look who they, they beat. Had no business beating Colorado. Colorado choked. They had no business beating Colorado. No. No, none. How do you? Let me guess. It was the referee's fault. Uh, (laughs) It's the referees. (laughs) So I know that they were Colorado was up by two or three goals, and I turned it off and went to bed in the third period, and then that's not luck. That that, the Islanders, the Islanders had a a couple of power plays. They they played well defensively, and 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 by the way, Velamov was in the net, and it wasn't even so broken, and they won. I mean, Velamov beat his former team. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Yeah, no, well. I had to sit through misery last week with this guy watching the Rangers uh, lose to the yes, Islanders. Do you know in three games? You know in three games, Sorokin's only given up three goals. Yeah, I said he's playing. He's he's playing really well, and he's beating good teams. He is, and I get, and I gave I gave him credit for that. He's beating good teams, and I I think. And you know another goalie who impressed me last. I was at the Rangers game last night against the Flyers. Yeah, that guy Hart. Yeah, he. Speedy on some show last night. Speed, could you please tell him what I've been saying? So Carter Hart was actually one of the top goalie prospects in the league when he first came up with the Flyers. I think it was 2017 or 2018. What did I tell before the season started? That he was going to bounce back and be that all-star type of goalie. Yes, I did. He's only 23 years old. Right. He had had two bad years in a row. One was the shortened year. The year after they were the number one seed with the Hub City playoffs, the way it was rearranged. They had a really bad year that year. And... uh, Anthony Scultori picked them to win well, the division, and they didn't. They didn't make I mean, the playoffs. I have the last, them. The, I mean, and the Rangers, last year they the were Rangers bad again. Should have won. The Rangers should have won like six nothing last night because I mean they hit the post four times. Yeah, I mean they they were they were they were, they were getting by them. The right. Metropolitan Division is going to come down to the very end. I well, think that. Do you think the Rangers are going to be a top three seed or a top four? No, I think the Rangers will be a wild card team. I I, I think really? they Yeah, I do. I I, I think. I don't know how good this this defense is not good. Well, we, we know how good the goalie is. Yeah, the goalie's great, but they they have no defense. Their defense is not good. 
I was, talking, I was actually talking about it with Josh. They're Hall, not too. good. The best players on their defense have been their youngsters this yeah, year. They're not good. Fox is down for his standards, and Truba looks bad right now. Fox, Lindgren is really down. Fox, for... hey, Fox, is not, Fox has been making. Fox has been playing. Out of defensively, though, he's been kind of down. He's been for horrible his defensively. Da- not, I wouldn't say horrible. I would say down for his standards. Not, Offensively, he's been great, though. I don't think he's down at all, Fox. But if you want to look at his yeah. plus minus L- right L- now, Lindgren's been down this year, and then Truba has been down this year. Yes, to start. Ling- but the three yeah, young yes. players have played well. It's it, it's that's well, the transformation Villa, of this Villa, defense. Villa hasn't been playing that well either. He, yeah, he was he was started off great, and then yeah, he's kind of leveled out a little bit. But Zach Jones has played well, and Braden Schneider has been pretty consistently good for a guy that's an uh, all world defenseman. His plus minus is one. Okay, that's not good. That's not good. It should be right now. If you're a top ten, you should be ten. Well, I don't know about this early in the season, but at least five. Yeah, you would think five. Yeah, he should be up there. He's not. He's not having a good defense. It's very early in the season, though. It is. I'm not saying that it isn't. And that's why I still think the Rangers will be up there. They're making the playoffs. They are. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, Carolina, Carolina is not the beast from the East anymore. They're not, even oh. though the, their record is shows they're still uh, the still very good record. I mean, oh. Philadelphia is good. Uh, Washington will fall apart this year. I yeah, do believe I so. Pittsburgh's falling apart right now <laughs> yeah. as we speak. Wait, 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 the, you said the, the Flyers are good. Oh yeah, they played well this no. year. Oh they, yeah, they, they're not they're not that good of a team. Okay. The goalie's good. No, they they they're, have a good offensive team. It's currently banged up right now. Their defense is a little questionable, but they've had a couple. I don't young know guys how questionable on, they are. They, they they've had sick. a couple guys, young guys, play well this year, though. And obviously, Hart stood on his head. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I was at the game last night, and, and the only thing that I really saw from the Flyers was that they, their goalie played unbelievable. He so. did. The only team that has a better goals against than the Islanders, and some of the teams have tied as the Islanders, is is Dallas. And Las Vegas has the best. Their, their goals against is 19. And Dallas has a good defense. Dallas is 20, yeah. is 23. And then the Islanders are tied with a bunch of teams at 25. Hmm. So it, they, it, it, that's how good. I, I mean, the Rangers, it, it's only going to get worse. It's going to get harder. The Rangers, they haven't played. Besides Colorado and maybe, you know, a couple. The Rangers haven't really played anybody hard. I want to see the Rangers go out there and go on a streak when they're beating Top end teams. Right now, the Islanders are doing. I want to see the Islanders continue. They got St. Louis tomorrow. I want to see them beat them. It's Sorokin in the net. And and the Rangers have Boston tomorrow. That's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, Boston's playing fantastic. Boston's the best team in the league right now. They're the best team in the league. They're the best team in the league. They they have the most goals by far right now. No, not by far. Only one team. Believe it or not, (laughs) I know. I think by far. I think. Yeah, by like 10 goals. No, Edmonton's the only one that has 41, and and, and Los Angeles has 43. Believe it or not, Los Angeles wow, the Kings have 43 goals. Wow, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. I know they had a couple big games. I didn't realize that. They have 43 goals. Yeah, their defense has been bad, though. They've allowed 47. Boston <laughs> leads the league in goals, and they're, they're second. They're amongst 26 goals against. I mean, they're pretty good defense. That's good, yeah. Too. They did lose uh, Swayman uh, yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Could be out for a couple of weeks. I mean, that's a pretty bad yep. injury. Yep, Linus Olmark season, Louie, you're welcome. <laughs> So. I, tell, I tell you, I tell you, who the Rangers should have really tried to keep was that guy Tyler Mark. Mark. Yeah, that's 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 that was. I that told was you the they guy. weren't. Mm-hmm. I told you I they know. weren't. You didn't listen to me. I know. Now he gets to join Ottawa, where he might be a top six player. With those, I watch out for Ottawa. Yeah, I was being hopeful. I was being very hopeful yeah. that they would they would they would still try and keep him because he 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 was a great player for them. Ottawa is right now. They they've only played nine games and they're eight. They have eight points and they're in last place in their division. Right, but it's only separated by four between yeah. second place. I watch out for them. They're going to get hot. 
They're a good team. <laughs> Buffalo is tied for second. They're not yeah. going to last there. <laughs> I, and, and the Islanders lost against the Panthers twice already this year. I'm like surprised. I mean, the Panthers the last couple of weeks, the last two or three games have not looked good. I mean, yeah, they have a re- they have a really good goalie though, the Panthers. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Paparazzi. He's yep. good. Is it Bobrovsky? Yep. Well, Bobrovsky is their veteran, and they also got Spencer Knight, too. Spencer Knight. Well, I remember when he was drafted. I was I, there I, with the I draft. Yep. I was there at the draft. I remember Spencer Knight. He was the first goalie States. to go in the first round in a while. Yep, I remember it. He, very nice kid, too. Mm-hmm. Very nice kid. He was a good kid. And uh, Even when he was interviewing, nice. He answered all the questions to everybody, and he really wasn't being – a lot of these – when you go to these drafts, you can see who is a prick and who's not. So he really wasn't. So As long as you're so. not as bad as <laughs> – to take it like – we're. I was editing all the Stanley Cup yeah. interviews who did. At least it wasn't as bad as what Jordan Pennington was doing. Who? Uh, oh, Jordan. I had to cut out like three swear words like during that interview. He's, He's like, such an ass, man. <laughs> Jordan, I don't know how. He would not interview with me one-on-one. He, he would interview with every single girl, would never interview with me. And I kept going. I kept telling Ashley, I was like, you go talk to him. Maybe with you, you know, maybe if he sees you're a handicapper, he'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little messed up. <laughs> he wouldn't talk to me, so I got really pissed off. He's lucky I didn't take his hockey stick and shove it up his ass. <laughs> oh, well, nice. Man, I think maybe he would have liked that. He probably <laughs> would. I mean, who knows? I mean, he likes other things, I'm sure. So. Yeah, well. Mm. Anyway, well, I do, I do think the Rangers will be a top three seed. We'll see. So we'll see. It, it, it's, as, as long as they stay healthy, early. and you know, and you don't know what they're going to do with the dead trade deadline, maybe nope. they go after somebody. Patrick Kane. That's the, that's what I keep hearing. So I don't want him. Well, we'll see. I mean, you put him with Panarin. Forget it. They played uh, together in in Chicago. They they were pretty damn mm-hmm. good. Yeah, well, and there's been a lot of he's been linked to the Rangers. So. All, all yeah, he's been like the Rangers forever. since last year. Forever. Yeah. And he already said the Rangers are one of the only three teams he wants to play for. So well, um, if they do get him, if they do get him, uh, they'll put him with Panarin because they did very right. well when they played in Chicago together. To me, they want to stay in the cup is, together. Panarin, is, is, is he, to me, he looks the best on, on, on this team right now. Oh, Panarin has been the best. When we were when we were at the game, I, I said he was the best player on the ice. He, he looks healthy. He looks he just he, he looks different from last year. He just looks so much better. Good thing they didn't trade him, right? <laughs> I never said trade him. Oh, I don't know. That At the beginning no, of the season last year, you were pretty that? mad when he made some mistakes in one overtime game at the beginning All of the year. he says he would trade him for Barzell. He did say that. No, that's that? yeah. That's a little more fair. I'll, t- I'll that's that's a little more reasonable. Uh, Could you imagine Barzell as a center on the Rangers? Forget it. The Rangers need somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. The Rangers have been missing a top center. If they got somebody like Barzell on that team, forget it. Forget that, guy, it. that guy is so fast and crazy. We'll see what the Rangers do. I mean, they're playing well. It's good that they're winning. Hopefully they can win the Cup this year. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, uh, it's been too long. That's a dream. I mean, yeah, yeah, the veteran defensive players are going to have to step up. It's, 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 it's so much of a dream. You, you might be dreaming about it tonight, and you'll have a wet dream. There you go. Uh, the, only, the only thing wet is going to be Speedy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I wonder what you're going to do with her. Are you going to splash her with your hose? <laughs> oh, God. Poor Speedy. He gets abused. The only thing that, the only thing that would be wet about uh, my mother if the Rangers won the Stanley Cup is she'll be celebrating in champagne. Not anything on your body. 
You can lick it off her body. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, we do, we do body shots. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to be Philadelphia sports fans after their I team either wins or loses a championship. Could you imagine Speedy doing a body shot on his mom? <laughs> nope. I am, I am not doing any gross behavior like Philadelphia sports fans when they win a championship. <laughs> Oh, my God. Speed. All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night, Speedy. I, can, can I, I hope it's called you Speedy. Oh, Jesus. That, that's an insult. Oh, well. That's what happens when oh, you're well. tired. Well, thank, thanks, thank you, thanks, Keith, Beep. for actually showing some sympathy for uh, these, this craziness. <laughs> thanks, Beep. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a show. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked on that. Uh, anyways. Uh, we will uh, be back tomorrow. We'll go through all the rest of the games tomorrow. It's it's fine. We had the beeve on the show. It was very, very funny. Um, uh, I'd like to thank, obviously, Nationals Radio play-by-play broadcaster Charlie Slows for joining us. He was fantastic. We, w- we will also like to thank ex-Dolphins and Giants cornerback that joined us, Tony Lippett. He was fantastic as well. Uh, thank you to all the fans that listen to us around the country. We'll be back tomorrow night at 9 p.m. 9 p.m., guys. Who do we have tomorrow? Speedy? All right. Actually, this is the irony. This is actually pretty funny. So two returning guests. We actually have both ends of the Bradley Chubb trade. Yeah. So we have Broncos uh, at 10 p.m., uh, Mile High Huddle Broncos analyst and NFL analyst Lance Sanderson will be Love returning Lance. to the, sh- show, guy, to the yeah. show at 10. And then right after him at 10.30, we had him on at the beginning of the season as WPLG sports anchor and reporter in Miami, Clay Ferraro, will be returning to the show. I like Clay. Yeah. He was the one that said that the Miami Dolphins are going to be a top team. This year. I have them as a playoff team. Yeah. And they're right now in a spot right now. We'll see if they're able we'll to see. hold it. But that was, uh, we'll both, You also it, said it the Jets were going to stink. Yeah, both ends of the Bradley Chubb trade. So it was kind of ironic. <laughs> Keith, good night, man. Uh, listen to the tomorrow show. Uh, we'll definitely uh, have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I'm, I'm happy for all the fans that check out our show throughout the country. We really appreciate um, you giving us uh, the representation. And, 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 and God, you know, with sports media, and I, I, I'll say this very simply, you know, we like to be different. We, we don't like being the same. And, and I like – to make sure that people see us to be different radio guys and, and, and kind of be the voice of, you know, the fans and, and, and really be the voice of everything that we, we try to, you know, put out there when it comes to the content. So uh, we wouldn't be what we are today if it wasn't for the people that listen to us. So i like to thank everybody that continue listening to us. Please stop listening to Kyrie Irving. He's an idiot. Yes. Um, so stay away from, uh, you know, a dumb lunatic yeah. okay elon musk please ban him from twitter please uh yes let's get together soon uh it's a fun unique show thank you thank you keith uh, thank you yes let's get together too I, I would love to get together with you keith i miss you man haven't seen you in a while uh we definitely need to talk uh so yeah uh great show tomorrow 9 p.m keith listen to tomorrow's show it's going to be even more fun and more interesting as always we will make our picks you can bet on our picks and if not, uh, you can, you know, have fun with Speedy's mom. Anyways. Oh, God. Um, no, Keith. Thank you. Don't listen to him <laughs> about my mom. You can listen to him about everything else, just not my mom. Oh, maybe. What, what's no. What, why? I'm not 
having this conversation on air. Do you want to have the conversation off air? Not really, but at least it's better than having a... No, Keith, you're not having anything to do with my mom. <laughs> but yes, keep listening to the show, Keith. Just not the part He's old enough to have uh, fun with you. Congratulations. That doesn't mean I'm encouraging it. But I might. Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> No, no Thank mom. you. Yes, no mom bashing. I'm not mom bashing. I'm not bashing your mom. Mm. I haven't bashed your mom. What did I say that was bashing? Yeah, well, encouraging that kind of behavior. I, mean, I didn't uh, say it. The beef said it. I'm just adding to it. That's started. Okay. I just added yeah, to it. Yeah, because you just want to just roll it on. You like rolling things on, right? Oh, my God. I'm just saying. I don't know. Okay. I had so many different meanings, I'm not going to go into it that deep. No, no, no 40 and under. <laughs> he likes him 40 and under. So. Mm-hmm. Well, then she's older, so there well, you go. There you go. He likes him young. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Um, you have anything to say? Yeah. Ban Kyrie Irving from Twitter, Elon Musk. There you go. The words of the speedster. Ban him. Kanye. Eh, let's ban them all. Yeah. All those guys that are anti-Semitic, ban them. Yeah. Ban them. Bar them. Do something. Throw them to the garbage. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.